Should I sing a song, Jason? No. <laughs> Just start the podcast off like you normally do. We, we're starting it. We have begun. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Don't Be Mad podcast. Why are you saying it so centrally as if it's a... Uh... I, ju- I literally <laughs> just said it is the Saturday before Valentine's Day. And if you booed up, I hope your plans are aligned and you're ready to get gonna have everything to... you need. Gonna have to put this on late night or something like that for just. You gotta dim the lights to this. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta get a a little bit of that that saxophone in the back. That that Bill Clinton saxophone. Do <laughs> copyright. I don't want to get. I don't we can sing it. We can't play it, but we can sing it. <laughs> you can do that. I'm gonna stay over my corner on that one. Never wanna dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. We're gonna have to edit all oh, of this yeah, just that to is, make it sound good. Yeah, that, that is sexy. Good. Oh, all I right. can I can hear it. It it sounds good. I like that. All right, all jokes aside, all jokes aside. Welcome to the Don't Be Mad podcast, your weekly dose of the two brothers just kicking back, talking shit, and trying not to piss you off on your commute or while you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are once again we have a special guest. I don't yes. know why people want to be on this podcast, but thank God they do, because there's only so much I can talk to Jason to one-on-one. <laughs> we got my boy, my my homie, my brother, Alan in the motherfucking house. What's going on, my people? What's going on? It's popping. How you doing? Ah, just here, enjoying this crazy weather. You know how we do. First things first, it's been a long-ass motherfucking time, my brother. Yes, it has. Good to see it you. Has. Good you to see you still. In. You're looking good. <laughs> thank you, you know? my brother. Thank you know, sometimes you. you don't see some some people for a while, then they show up and you're like, God damn, I need you to put down <laughs> the motherfucking Cheetos, okay? I know Nutella's good, but stop eating it straight from the jaw. <laughs> no, my man came, he looking good. No, you know let's, what I'm saying? Let's give, everyone, let's give everyone a little overview on Alan. So, Alan, tell us about yourself. Well, we, we know what you do. Let the Why, people let know the people what you know do. You do. Well, I've been in the game now. Like I've been DJing in Montreal now for what? Jesus, as far as I remember, I'm like 35 now. So going back to when I was like 18, you know, all the good old days where music was music and not this shit that we listen to now today. Well, so, you don't like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way. Yeah. Which way? That way. Suss it up. I can't hey, do this mumble shit. <laughs> Seriously. You know, you got a three-year-old, give him a mic and he can make, become a millionaire before I do. That don't make no sense to me. Hey, uh, <laughs> I mean... Hey, if we can do that, I got some nieces. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Just give them a beat. But Let's... look, I'm not, not going to start chopping the topics. Really. All I'm going to say is straight up, like, if you see these young cats listen to music that we used to, we used to listen to back in the day, that means that we must be doing something right. Hey, man, we've become our Just parents saying. when it comes to this. No, 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 no. We I'm have, sorry. I looked back at that. We have. We got to accept it. I, I had my first daughter when I was 21. And my first daughter was 21. <laughs> so I can actually sit back and be like, okay, you know what? I need to actually reflect on what I did when I was that age. And try and like be on the but, same page as my daughter, but at the same time, I tell my daughter straight like I, when I was growing up, yeah, I listened to some of the old stuff, but my daughter listens to all this was all the stuff from the late nineties, early two thousands. This is what I was impressed. Yeah, but about. you're also a DJ. But we will, the, the, listen, you're you're shoving it down. But the no, but listen, you're making sure <laughs> will, I went like, to. You will listen to Jahuru in this <laughs> no, motherfucking house. <laughs> listen to this. No, we were, we were at um we were at Alan's place for New Year's, and um. I was talking with his daughter, and she knows all the old school tracks. That's beautiful, and that's that's good parenting right there. <laughs> that is that is. Perfect I'm glad to know parenting. I'm doing something right. I'm glad to know I'm that doing something per- right. No, because it's like they're not gonna grow up with like 
like if I have kids, I'm gonna make them watch the old school Ghostbusters. I have a video cassette. I don't know how I'm gonna get a video player anymore. Yo, but don't I'm put it in the closet right now if you want it. Dude, convert it. Amazon, man, they got everything. Nah, it's too much to get a video cassette player. <laughs> I'll just convert it. Dude, not even. I'll just convert it. Not no, but hard. or Kijiji. But yeah, guaranteed. Um, <laughs> so, Ala, what have you been up to lately? <sighs> well, I, I no longer do the club scene like I used to. I'm getting kind of old for that. And statistically speaking, they say that as of the age of 38, you're not supposed to be in clubs anymore. I'm climbing up that ladder real damn quick. So, Yo, don't you know 30 is a new 20? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know me. I still love my music. Uh, I spin my new school. I spin my old school. And, you know, I'm just doing me. You know? Nice, nice, Doing me, nice. taking care of the family. That's good, man. That's, That's good. good. Man. That's good. Glad to hear the kids are doing well. That's good you know, that you're doing well. Bless. Keep it up. Um, I know you've been. I've known you for years now, so you've been doing this for like. I know you're not gonna stop anytime soon. So. No, I'm out here grinding. Yeah, so I know you're not gonna stop. <laughs> I'm out here grinding. <laughs> so just, just keep it up, man. Because if you're always working, that means you're always doing something good. So just keep that up, man. Means a lot, y'all. Means yeah, a man, lot. Yeah, man. So let's get into a little topics. You're here to join us today, so say whatever you want. There's no. Uh, there's no limits to what you can say unless I could get sued for it. I might have to pay yeah, for just it. Nothing incriminating, please. You know, no snitching. I'll let you we guys. Troy, I'll let y'all leave. Last episode, my first podcast. <laughs> last episode, I had to bleep out some stuff because that would have that yeah, would have been was, that would have been a lawsuit in the way. Three, like, four like podcasts that I was like, yo, I wish. I was there for that shit. We like to make it hot, but we can't make it too spicy. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? White people still got to be able to digest. That shit could have been crazy. <laughs> All right, man. So let's get right. into the topics for today. Well, let's start light. Let's start light. Let's start with something that's like a, yeah, a layup. Yeah. You know, phase on love, man. Like, I, you know, we all love Chappelle. We all got some. We can all go back in time and remember a moment in Chappelle's career where he said something that that's resonated with us or or affected with us. You know, mm-hmm. and we say this as three brothers in a room right now. Mm-hmm. Phase on love goes on the Breakfast Club. And he's just he's just talking mad spicy about our man, our guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that man. You know the thing with Faison, I like Faison the stuff that he's in. He's he's funny. He's a real funny comedian. But he he's known for doing that kind of hater stuff. That's why a lot of people don't take him that seriously. He could be a, he could have been a really great comedian, but because of stuff like that, people say he's a hater. Either if it's from for Chappelle or whatever it is. But they know that's his type of personality, and he doesn't apologize for it. So, also, yeah, it's, let's, it's a uh, love hate thing. It's let's clarify thing. exactly what. So, okay, so as I said, Phase uh, on Love, he was on the Breakfast Club, you know, and like they, like in the conversation, it was brought up about Chappelle and his recent success. And Phase on Love essentially said, you know, like, oh, all of Chappelle's success is attributed to white people, and how, you know, f- verbatim, he said, niggas don't laugh at Chappelle's jokes, which. Stupid as shit. False. 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 You know, on top of it, he said he didn't deserve to get the forty million, which was a lie. He got sixty million, and and also saying how like the first season of Chappelle's show wasn't funny, and that nobody remembers any skits from the first season. That the the Chappelle show only got good when Charlie Murphy joined the the casting in I the second season. I have an issue with that, but we can come with that later. Though. Yeah. So essentially, like these were like the main like shots that he took at Chappelle, which. You know, naturally got the backlash of people being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, as far as Chappelle goes, you know, like whether it's going as far back as like half baked or you're going towards like his stand up comedies, like killing them softly or you're going to Chappelle show or even like what he's been doing recently with like the four Netflix specials. How exactly are you going to say the only reason he's big is because of black people? 
Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. What I'm going to say on this, because I know Faison from all the comic movies, no three strikes, you know, yeah. the gangsta stuff, whatever the case is. But I'm one of the type of people that if you're going to come out at me, make sure you're doing something better than me. That's right. And I I've never seen yeah. Faison with his own stand-up yet. I've seen him partake in stand-up comedies, you know, yeah. where you would have some of the greatest and some of the upcomers, and he'll be part of that. Yeah. But I've never seen Faison hold down his own show. Because he can't. He can't. I'm, no. not, I'm not saying he can. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying I've never seen it happen. That's just where I'm going to leave it, because Chappelle, growing up, we all grew up on Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Whether it was half-baked, whether it was... Uh, when it was uh, the Chappelle show, it doesn't matter. We all know Chappelle. And his comic relief was great because, like you said, it affected everybody in some form of way. Not only black people, but he was the first to actually step out the box and on TV, like, yeah. before midnight. After everyone. Yeah, like, everyone. He, he really brought a really risky form of comedy to television that we hadn't seen until like the boondocks came out Look, afterwards. I, I, I can see right here now that anybody who's listening to this who has not watched Chappelle show, all I have to say is racial draft and everybody knows who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But, but even that like who <laughs> hasn't <laughs> seen the Chappelle show is, is one thing that I gotta ask because especially him saying how it's like it's whiteness that like white people that it attributed towards his success. I'm as a black person put so many people onto Chappelle's show. Like, mm-hmm. black person saw it and was like, dude, to this is honest, fucking hilarious. People need to see this shit. Yeah, man. But to be honest, it was a white person who put me on the Chappelle show. I'm not even going to lie. I and knew nothing so. about it until but, and my white friends were telling me. Like, and, and the one thing that I find ridiculous about it is, like, you're going to say how, you know, the first season wasn't funny. Like, then that's a slap in the face, not just to, like, Chappelle, but also his writing partner, uh, Brennan. Neil Brennan. Neil Brennan, who is... A hilarious comic had a hilarious and and powerful stand up. It was a three mics on Netflix, and then you have also Darnell, Darnell who, Rollins, a rich Darn, bitch. Darnell Rollins like is funny, like funny as, as you, shit. If you ever hear Essentially, Darnell on you're the saying, Club, oh my god, you're you're literally hilarious. saying some of the three greatest comedic minds, writing comedic minds in a room are not funny for a and whole season, then how had, exactly did they get a season you two? You had Charlie Murphy on the show. You had Bill Burr was on the show too. Yeah. Yo, Bill Dude, Burr was on the of, show. Some of the greats have been, I'm quite sure Patrice I'm going to go home right now and watch this whole season all over again. Patrice was on the show. I all the seasons Patrice. right over there. We can watch them after. Patrice. I, oh, you guys <laughs> don't know. But like, it's like, a lot of things came out of the Chappelle show. Yeah, but exactly. look, Patrice O'Neill was on that. It's a whole let's bunch diffuse the fire of what Faison is saying. If in fact that the first season wasn't good or wasn't funny for black people. He still came out with season two, which was bomb. So you yeah. know he didn't just gave up because of what somebody else was telling him. And then we had the lost episodes where they came up with a full DVD racked up of, season, of, of, of episodes that were not even aired on TV. Yeah, that basically got left on the cutting room floor. So, <laughs> Faison, in... Respect for Dave Chappelle, I'm mic dropping you one time. Because <laughs> no, le- and legit, man. Because like, I look at it like this. Just being a hater, that's for, all. That's exactly for it. anybody in any form of entertainment, the way to success isn't through one demographic. It's all about you have your base demographic and then you find out ways to expand it to the other demographics and have them feel not necessarily included. Welcome. But, feel but, welcome. Yeah. They, they can actually and, and have deal with the situations. Your, your fan base. So for Faison to make it seem as if Chappelle having a white fan base that boosted him 
outside of the black demographic that he already had, that that just shows the greatness that he is. Because all it says to me is, Faison, you never found a way to get your comedy to resonate with people outside of the same color of your skin. Consistency, man. I, I've always been saying the thing with comedy, you got to be consistent and you have to always keep doing it. Yeah. This, even though a lot of people don't agree with what Kevin Hart has to say, he's always... He's, you know, look, it's, I'm gonna get on his ass after. after. I'm gonna get yeah, on we'll his get ass after, after because, like, no, nah, I don't even get bring we'll Kevin Hart. We'll, we'll, we'll get there after. But essentially, to to what I'm, the bigger overarching point that I'm trying to make here is is it's ridiculous to downplay someone's success because they found a way to reach people that you haven't been able to reach, or maybe you're too uptight to go out of your comfort zone and reach, because Chappelle found a way to make his comedy about his life transcend to not just the black community but all communities which is why he is a worldwide name yep. outside of America who the fuck knows phase on love true but not only that do you think that maybe because he doesn't know anything beyond his comfort zone is the reason why he stays in his comfort zone oh 100% like any anytime you see somebody who essentially looks down on people because they can break out and like essentially burst that bubble and and be bigger than something that is expected of them the person doing the hating is simply just jealous because they haven't been able to figure out themselves and it's it's sad to say because i do find phase on love funny like i've watched oh he's hilarious and i've laughed my ass off at his shit but for you to essentially stick your foot in your mouth here and attack somebody who's literally at the height of the game like and and look at this Chappelle gave us four hours of comedy in what two years? How not many, very many comedians many, can do that. Like, there's not many comedians out there that can literally give you one hour a year, let alone give you four and two. That's not, a let lot alone of fact, material. Not only that, it's after they found out that Chappelle's gone. How many people tried to replicate what he did? And Key and Peel, like you. Well, okay, Key and Peel, yes, but it's not really him. I was thinking about. I was thinking, about, what's that? Uh, Mario, not Mario Lopez. Uh, Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia. Oh, joke, thief. joke thief. Joke thief. <laughs> he 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 ran with that as far as he possibly yeah, could. But they caught him, and that's because and he, they ended it. But, but that's the thing, like. Yeah. But there's what nobody Chappelle else who can did. do what Chappelle did. Chappelle can come back yeah. right now, throw up a season, and yo, it's done for everybody. Of course, of course. you can. But I don't think uh, you have to find who's gonna. Well, I don't know who's gonna pay him that money now. What he's gonna be asking well, for? Well, I don't even think it would be a matter of money. He could just do it, put it on Netflix. Yeah, do a, him, you could do a show on no, Netflix. But not even that. I think that Chappelle, when you saw the 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 last three uh, stand-ups that he did, and what he's trying to come up, what he's trying to convey in his messages and his comedy, I don't even think that for him right now, if he would ever come up with a season, it would be about the money. Oh, I think he not. would no. do it. Mainly to get a message for, across for the and love, to yeah, for, for the love of it, get his message across, and for comic relief because he even says this is what we need right now. Yeah, no, and, and I agree with him. He's a smart dude, so he knows he knows how to approach it. Um, All right, so uh, let's go on to uh, let's stay in the comedy world. And recently, Gary Owen put out a very, very spicy video to our girl Monique after. She went after Will Packer. This is one of the three episodes that I wish I was on when it came out because Monique, <laughs> I love you, but I got some words for your ass. All right, let's <laughs> let's run it right quick. You're gonna play it? Yeah, I'm gonna play it. All I right, feel like right. it needs to be played. We can we can put that audio up. Man, Monique don't stop. 
She blames everybody. It's Oprah, it's Tyler, it's Lee Daniels, it's Netflix. Now it's Will Packer. She went too far when she started blaming Will Packer on shit. That's my friend. That's my homeboy. Will Packer's done more for black actors and actresses than just about anybody in the last 10 years. I mean, he is basically showing Hollywood that black movies have a mainstream market. I mean, Takers, Think Like a Man, Ride Along, Stomp the Yard, Girl Strip. I mean, the dude is basically changing the game, and now you're going to say he's against you, when honestly, he put you in a movie almost Christmas when nobody was putting you in movies, and he stuck his neck out, and he went to bat for you, and then you throw him in under the bus. I'm not going to sit back and let you slander my friend's name like that. Will Packer is a good, good person. That's a good brother, man. He helped change my life. I ain't going to sit back and let you slander his name, Monique. Sometimes you got to take accountability for yourself. It's you. It's you. What can you do to change things? Stop blaming everybody else for your shit, man. Come on, Monique. Shit's getting old. There you go. <laughs> he's not oh, wrong. I'm going to let y'all have first Look, dibs on this wrong. one. It's true. He's not wrong. He's not, let, let, he's, me, let me start by saying this, because I, after we had talked about like the whole Netflix situation when it first came out, I honestly wanted to get like a good follow-up once, like, more information started to come out, you know, like when yeah. we heard from Netflix side or maybe like heard more from Monique, depending on like how the situation was developing after the fact of her first video. The way she's been going about this, I've said on my social media, I feel it's very millennial. It's very much <laughs> like you have a situation where you're trying to negotiate money. It's not my fault. And rather than you sitting down in the meeting getting at the table and trying to come to some type of agreement where in a, in a meeting, you can compare your numbers to other people's numbers. That's perfectly fine. That's clean because that's essentially what happens in, in any industry. You know, like it happens with athletes. It happens with actors. Uh, obviously, it's going to happen with comedy. But for you to then go out and, and basically say, oh, Amy Schumer got this. Chris Tucker got that. Blah, blah, blah. And like you're like naming all these people out there on your periscope. She's just burning bridges, man. That's all it is. Exactly. She's you're burning, burning bridge. bridges. And like I said, I wanted like a bit more information to come out before like I really gave like an in-depth like perspective on this. And one of the main things that happens to be like the, the common denominator in all this, it's that her husband is her manager and he's a terrible manager for what he wants from for her. It's not even, it's not, I don't even think it has no, no, anything no. to do with the manager. No, I didn't even know it that. Is. It is, because when uh, when the situation with Will Packer happened, there were emails that were released, like that Monique had released, okay. and reading them, everything is about the way the husband is a bad negotiator, where essentially if <laughs> he goes in with a number, and if the number's not respected, he's just like, you know what, screw you, and like basically like shit hits the fan. He doesn't know how to barter. He doesn't know how to, like, come to a common ground where it's like, all right, if you go low, I'm going to go high, then let's try to figure out the best way to meet in the middle. He's been representing her terribly and bringing down her stock. But rather than her taking accountability for her career and realizing, look, this current situation has not been working for me. And it, it seems to be a common theme where every time he goes in to negotiate for me, People come back and say, nope, we can't work with you. Like, you're not being reasonable and this is not going to work out. Rather than her being like, you know what? I love you, but I'm going to get a professional. I think she just, I don't even think it yeah. has to do with the husband. Because she has the power to, to, to say whatever she wants. Because in the end, it's her it's her decision regardless. He's that, coming back I, with that's, numbers. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. But if you're going to basically give the bottom line 
to your husband and be like, I trust you in doing this and he's not doing you a good service. If anybody else with any other manager who's basically doing them an injustice, you're going to get rid of the manager. Okay. Yeah, but even if she gets rid of the manager, she I, I, I burn bridges. I think that's irrelevant. Okay, let's go back to the, the original podcast where you guys were talking about this and how, I, and I agree that Monique has done a lot for a, a, a lot of comedy and yeah. for black female comics coming up in the 80s and the 90s. I'll give her that. I'll give her that. And decorated is a very large word to use. So I don't believe she's uh, the most decorated. She's not the. Okay? Mo- she is she, decorated, but across. not the most. Decorated. Exactly. She, is. she tried to say she's the most, but you're, that, you're not topping Whoopi Goldberg. Let's no, you're be not. Honest no, you can't. <laughs> That's one. And at the podcast, you pointed out that she got a Grammy for Precious, being the yeah. worst fucking mother of all time. Oh, that's besides the point. She played the role. She deserved it. It was an extremely good movie. Yeah. Okay. Has she won anything else for any of the movie? Nope. She okay. hasn't done anything so, else because of that. Okay, hold on. No, no, I beg to differ. Because you see you see a lot of black actors play a lot of different no, I'll tell roles. You, I'll tell you why it was because of that. Because when it comes to the Academy Awards, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes politics that go into play. When, I say fuck them all. When <laughs> she was nominated for it, she literally went on an active boycott and was saying how, oh, she's not going to do any promotion for the movie. She's not going to do any interviews or anything like that that would essentially help what the movie has done for her like you get nominated for a role in this movie the least you could do is go on the press runs do the interviews it's like me like being a dj for a party and not promote and not the party, the party. Yeah. For, you know what exactly I mean? so she goes and does that and then wonders why people are like well if you're not going to do your due diligence after we literally just gave you a nomination which ended up being a victory how exactly do you expect anybody to feel like they can work with you if you're not even going to work with yourself? Well, it's not only that. And I've always had respect for Monique, but I've oh, and uh, she already, like they said, she already has two strikes again. She's a female and she's black in yeah. America. So she already has two strikes. But look at Wanda Sykes. And Wanda Sykes, and the reason why I want to point out because Wanda Sykes said it best. Monique, they offered me less money than you and nobody knew about it. You... Say no. Yeah. Thank you for the offer, and you take your business elsewhere. Exactly. She didn't have to go on this rant talking about boy. How you go boycott ex- Netflix? That's exactly you why I say she acted like a millennial. Because because and who the fuck in this world is gonna? Especially when we're all cutting cable, <laughs> who the hell is cutting Netflix? Especially us, especially us in Canada. We don't have Hulu. We can't use Hulu over here. You know what? But it's crazy TV. Forget all that. <laughs> I'm just sick at the fact that she feels entitled. Yeah, like this is 2018. You don't get shit handed to you. You yeah. either work for it or you just watch it go by. Especially that's when, that's when a, you see a lot. Amy of, Schumer, like you said, was probably trash. the worst stand-up comedy that yeah, I've seen was, on Netflix. And trust hot. me, trust me, Chris Tucker wasn't far behind. No, wasn't. Chris Tucker was not far behind. But she put the work did, in. She put the work in. It and, wasn't her work. I but, guaranteed Chris Tucker went and did an audition. Because he hadn't been doing anything for a long time. And if Netflix was willing to give him that money, he must have put on a really good audition. Which is why I'm, I'm shocked he gave us that half-ass special. <laughs> Cracked out Cat Williams. Even his comedy. Like, American Hustle. Come on, man. Listen, that was funny as hell. Listen, the, the it, reason, was, it wasn't remotely what it should have been, but it was funny. The yeah. reason why these people got their stand-up, because Monique didn't want to put in the hard work 
Like, for example, Cat Williams, I know he was on tour. He may have not publicized it, but he was still doing his tour in clubs and stuff like that. Monique has not done that in years. But that's exit. She's, she's no she's, longer relevant. Yeah, she's not and relevant. And just for no fun. No one cares. Just for fun. Go to your white friends and say, do you know who Monique is? <laughs> no, they probably wouldn't. Know. I actually said, like, after that podcast, I said, you know what? Let me just do some testing on my side. I talked to a lot of white, a lot of white people. Most of my friends are white. Mm. A lot of older people. I talked to younger people. And... I could say 93% of them don't know who the hell Monique yeah. is. So how are you telling me I need to give you more money than anybody else on Netflix and I can't even find in my own personal circle who Monique is? <laughs> so it is, man. She's not shame, not man. relevant. She didn't. It's, she's not in the media. She's not anything. And, and no one cares. And I'm sorry, Monique, but if you want to like get paid like them, you got to put in the work. It's like done. She can't. She can't, she can't no. now. Oh, yeah, she's burnt. Well, she's burnt. She's burnt. Like burnt She's not when really, when you take your negotiation out of the meeting and you put it to the public, now everyone's going to be looking at you like I can't hold these business conversations yeah. with you. Like you you hurt you. your bottom line by doing the exposing and the the canceling of things. Like no, like you're a professional. Approach the table like a professional. And if we hand you a number you don't appreciate, tell us a number you do appreciate. And then let's work it out. Yep. But not only that, what you're going to do to get to that number. Exactly. You can't be just look, saying like... If all she had to do was give an audition. And, and look, in show business, people audition all the time. I've seen Wanda Sykes, okay? Wanda Sykes. Dude, she's fucking hilarious. She is hilarious. But not <laughs> only that, you see how humble she is? She already has one strike more than Monique as being a lesbian. So she's black. She's a female. And she's lesbian, and she's funny as hell, and yeah. she actually respects herself, and she respects the game. Monique lost it right there when she went to do the, this public service announcement. Like, she's now, like, the, working next to Trump, talking about how we need to boycott Netflix. She needs <laughs> to sit down and have a Coke and a smile. That's what she needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to talk about this possible Martin reboot? I do, because I have so much shit to say about that shit. I mean, like, we saw the picture of uh, Gina Martin and... Oh, I always forget the other girl's name. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, it's been so long since I've watched Martin. Um, All I have to say about Martin is, is like, I, I I love... Martin is one of the greatest I TV love shows show. of all time. Wait, are, you, are, we, are we talking, like, Martin Martin? Like, Martin, Martin? Yes, that Martin. you yeah. got to be kidding me. Yes, come See, like, As you guys know, I've been working like crazy the past two months, so I missed out on everything. Yeah, so. There's there's rumors of a reboot, and I personally hope it does not happen. I want it to happen. I want it to happen. I love no. Martin. I would like not a reboot, but essentially a spinoff. Or you could do like a a present time thing, but a reboot? No. I say reboot. No, I say reboot. I just, in, in the term, it means like, you know, Martin and Gene, you know, they're getting married, they got their kids, whatever the case is. Like right now, I love Tyler Perry, but there's only so many shows I can see of Tyler Perry re, like <laughs> recycling the same thing. Like, no, I feel like we need more original ideas. But Absolutely. No, but I think Martin ended way before its time. Because no one knows this, but in the last season of Martin, Gina and Martin were never in any of the same scenes well, yeah, together. Yeah, because of the because sexual she, harassment. Yeah, but this is, this, harassment. this is the problem I have with the only thing with Martin. is now like, you accuse Martin of sexual harassment, and I see now in the picture, you're kissing him on the cheek. I was about to say this with Monique. When the, on when next the money, week's podcast. No. <laughs> when the money gets low, the hungriness shows. That's how it happens. So you know the money's getting low. Yo, that so money, that money hungriness talk, is showing. Let me tell you, like this, like, this, like I didn't know boy. about that sexual harassment thing, but 
if I were to go in on that, I'm telling you, I'm gonna have a lot of angry people. Like, <laughs> well, the I'm name of the lie. podcast Look, is "Don't Be Mad." So, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not. Gonna make I, I'm not gonna be mad or or, look not, at, or give a side it. eye about any Look, of that. I go to me. meetings now, and I make sure I'm three feet from that female, and I stick my hand as far as I can. I ain't giving no hugs. I ain't giving no kisses. I ain't gonna try and compliment you because you are not locking my ass up. I'm sorry. I got a family to feed. No, I'm. That's a bit extreme. No, you, but you have to be extreme. You have hey, to think, if you look at it now. If I was giving look, you hugs and kisses before, like I said, I'm give you that's a topic for now. another day. That's the way it's gonna work. That's <laughs> that's it, that's a topic for another day. Like I, I had so, some shit come out about somebody saying something that I did, which I know I truly didn't do. Hey, hey, and hey, since hey. Don't then, don't incriminate yourself. No, I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what? Why? Like I'm at that point now. It, like everyone's talking about oh, how men don't be gentlemen to women. We are scared as shit to do anything. And, Fear and, only and, lasts so long. Well, that's exactly it. Right but now, like I said, that's a topic for another day. So back to Martin. And back Gina. to Martin. <laughs> back to Martin. Yeah, man. So let let the show come back. I want to see it because I love Martin. That show, I could actually sit down and watch a marathon right now. But you know what? And the comedy crazy. that was in Martin will not work today. I don't yeah, think I believe I believe I don't it would. Know. No. I believe it would. I'll tell you. I think it would. Like, like, you haven't seen Martin in a while. It's a lot of chauvinistic. It's a lot of, like. We see that watching the president of the United States. So, yeah, it'll definitely yeah. work today. No, it won't work. <laughs> it can work for the president. It will not work in television. Just, I don't know. I think The way work. everyone I is so it. sensitive over every, like, if you misgender someone, like, you see someone, like, they clearly visually look like a man, and you say, Hey bro, what's up? And we're like, I'm a female. Oops. Now it's a big issue because they identify as female. So we, the type of comedy that was in Martin will not work. No, I think today. it'll work. It I think, will not work. I think work. something like a, like extreme like in living color that won't work, but <laughs> that will not work. But you know what? That I feel like work. a show like in living color would work better because you can mm-hmm. literally it's a sketch mm-hmm. comedy no it's no, no, living no. color hosted by dave Chappelle. no that's the only way you get away it, with it, it, <laughs> it dude martin was simply about him making fun of his girlfriend's look her, his girlfriend's best friend's look basically belittling every single person being the most sovereignistic person in the room pretty much everything that's like a no no no, 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 was they, in that show. They will, the, the reason, Hilarious. They wouldn't but bring it back today. if he couldn't be what it was. Trust me, they would not bring back Martin if he couldn't be how it was before. Because people, the reason what, what everything you just said was the reason why people watched Martin because and his comic delivery and how stupid is something. And I and promise Man, you, it will in not the fourth work floor. today. The guy just walking in <laughs> through. If you want to have a thousand and one think pieces after episode one, where they decide to keep that old style of comedy and bring it, they'll keep it. Go for it, but it won't work. They, they'll, it they'll just keep, won't. They will. They will P- keep. Picture it. like this: a show like Thirteen Reasons Why had such a divide, and it's a show about a girl who commits suicide. And the divide on that was so huge. Imagine a show where it just ticks every single. But it's box a comedy of, thing, that's, and that's what people have to understand. That's what, oh, this, is, this is why people get mad at look, comedy I'm not, shows. I'm not saying like I'm against it. I'm just saying, knowing the climate today, it's not going to work. It's uh, they'd have to change their style up completely. I beg for it to work. No, I don't. Think no, no, so. I don't. I don't believe that they need to change their their, their comic actions at all because people who well, like, look, 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 we're talking about Martin. 
and there's going to be the generation who's a little bit older than us who are actually remember Martin and whatnot. It's the new generation's going to have to get accustomed to it. And I personally believe that that's what we need right now. We need to go back to oh, just I, like, dude, oh my would, God, that shit go was back. just funny. I yeah. would love to go back to a point where it's like we can, like last week with me and Akeem, where we were just like literally just bantering back and forth. But there was no like animosity or hatred. There's just, we're, we're 90s kids. I'm like, this is what the fuck we do. <laughs> but you know what that reminds me of? Did you guys see it? Yeah, yeah, I was okay. I saw it. You see the badgering between the kids? Yeah. It was awesome. But and it was that's the something I would thing. love to have happen. It's you just You can't have that now. It was you great. You can't. And, and that that's exactly the problem. Old-fashioned mama jokes like for real. Like, <laughs> that's exactly the problem. Like imagine just saying a yo mama joke and then the person looking at you this way, you know, that is so offensive. <laughs> and I will tell you why. And now you got to stand there for their 2000-word monologue about why Yo mama jokes are just the worst insensitive thing you could ever say. Look, regardless of if it's I think not I, true. I or think or not. the whole thing with Martin <laughs> thing is I think they knew who they're targeting and they, and they know who their audience is and they know the old school people are gonna watch Martin. Regardless. There's not enough of them. There's plenty because they're all Cause, still here. Okay, let, let's they're say all still here. Let's say they do it. If they're looking for that demographic, they're not gonna find them through a cable network because if that's the type of content they're doing, no. No cable network is going to pick them up. Ooh, They'd have well. to go straight to Netflix. And that's not a problem because the cable network is not failing. The demographic of the older generation aren't really on Netflix. I beg to differ. Not the way. You understand, we're, we're part of that. We're right on that we're borderline. We're the taboo. We're, we're, like the we're on the borderline. The older generation, they're still cable. They'll watch it. They can put it on both. Look. Why not put it on both? They won't. They're that's what have they to. do. They're going that's to what have they do. to. What network is going to pick it up? There's, Gotham is on both. My dad watches Gotham, and it's on Netflix. Gotham and Martin are not the same. But the, but he's older than me. He's in his fifties, going to sixties, and he watches Gotham, either or, and but, the thing. That's the but thing I'm talking about say. Martin. Gotham yeah. is not the same type of show as, as Martin. But that proves to tell you that you could put it on both platforms, and regardless of age, people. Are I'm saying watch it. with if it's that same old school Martin style, mm-hmm. what network would pick that up? What network could pick it up? TBS. Street. Yep, yeah, they will pick um, it up for sure. KTLA. Yeah, they'll pick it um, up. I know, probably ABC, because back in the day we used to call it the All Black Channel. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Family Matters. So essentially, different you world. Up, you're saying a lot of the Warner Brothers channels, so like the CW, because all of those I believe are in connection with Warner Brothers. You think they would be the ones to pick it up? They'll pick it up if they're not going to put it on WGN. Why exactly would they put it on Peachtree? And considering Peachtree more so, was, all those Tyler Perry they, stuff is on. Is they on program majority majority of the stuff that they it's put the out there. That, or that has Tyler Perry's Peachtree. Yeah, yeah. So. But Tyler Perry is digestible to the palate of white people because of Oprah. When the hell was Martin digestible to the white palate? He was on UPN. You didn't answer the question though. But that's what I'm saying. That's why. You can't. There's no network right now that will pick it up. I think Comedy if we still had UPN, I think Comedy Central it would go it there. Up. I think Comedy Central could pick it up. I know BET would pick it up, and and their Viacom. Well, same thing. Comedy Central, Viacom, same company. They'll pick it up. Viacom will pick it up for sure. They'd be the only one that could possibly do it. But I wouldn't even see it with them. Yeah, I see it. I see it happening. You have a wishful thing. I don't, I, don't I think know. the there, only way it would it would go is if it went to like a Netflix. If if there's negotiation the for it happening right now to come back, a network is deciding to pick it up, and it's most likely going to get picked up. 
That's that's mm. what, that's what I think. I agree. Because if you're bringing back Dharma and Greg, it'll be Netflix. If you're bringing back Dharma and Greg, which was pure bullshit in my opinion, you can bring back Martin because they had the same. It was just catered to different people, but it was what was Dharma and Greg? I don't remember that. Huh? It's oh. all, isn't that? Yeah, it was back on Netflix. No, I'm, I'm saying I don't remember what that show was. I don't even remember. It's one of those shows like Will and Grace, Dumber and Greg, all, all that kind of bullshit. Friends, all that nonsense. You're comp- you're comparing that type of show to Martin. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just catered to different audience. It's the same exact thing, just catered to different audience. Do you That's not know the climate of, of people we have today? Like, like, I'm talking about like the climate of people and what is deemed as marketable. It's not, but you're not marketing to that people. That's 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 the whole reason I'm trying to tell you. It's not a big enough it's, demographic. Look, for, for it's success. big enough. I get, I get what Jason's trying to say. Like, right? Yeah, I, I, I get, get what too. you're trying to say too. Is that <laughs> we have to start looking to market to who we want and stop marketing to what everybody wants us to. There do. you go. That's it. Who? When you say who we want, if the numbers aren't there, no one's gonna pick it up. Yo, Martin had mad seasons. Back then. What when he could now? be the problematic dick. And look, I'm not saying it as a, I don't want to see it happen. I'm just looking at this from a strictly logical sense. The only way it could work is if it just goes straight to Netflix. And even then, don't be surprised if it keeps that old style of comedy if it doesn't work. I don't know. I think it'll work. I uh, We would love it because we would get that old school feel. Look. But it just... Don't be surprised. Because like the, the I, I get what you're saying. Like yeah. for example, okay, you, did you see the get down? Yeah. Okay. It could have been so much better than it was. It could have been, but it wasn't. It wasn't. So that's all we can say. That's all I'm gonna say for Martin. The real, oh, but the thing about the get people. down that I didn't. Dear like, white people. Dear white oh people. my god! Everybody and their mother needs to watch. Dear that. white people. Yeah, that's a great show because what does it do? It works exactly in the climate we are today. And it went on theaters, though. It was no. in theaters. That's why it was able to go on Netflix. But it works in the it. exact climate we are today. There's so many racial, like, discussions that it, are going on. But that's on. not today. This, you know, even worse. That is today. It's it's not only today. Dear White People has everything from, You have the like, movie. You have, yeah. And but, I, guess, I mean, it, they it's touch every, a lot of things. For the past two generations, it's right sense, in your face. Yeah. And, but the thing, especially when it did come out, a lot of the stuff that they touched on were things that happened literally within the last two to three years. But I can tell you one thing. The Boondocks. The Boondocks. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus. And the Boondocks is worse than Martin. Whatever they've been saying, you had a character, Uncle Ruckus, that said the most outlandish shit anyone has ever heard. And this was... When did this, the Boondocks come out? Oh, my... It's less than 10 years. Less than 10 years ago. Like well, we're, hitting, we're hitting 10 years. Right? We're hitting 10 years. Is it 10 years? We're it hitting early 10 early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Like, it was about, the Boondocks came up before my... No, we're past 10 years. It's more than 10 years. Yeah. Has it been 10 because years? Because my daughter's 13 now. So when did it come out, Boondocks? I'm checking. Boondocks came out before Chappelle. No, I don't think so. I came out... I think 2005 to 2014. 2005? 2005. Yeah. Okay, so that's not long. It though. was only four seasons, so... Because there, there were major breaks in Martin between. Martin ended in, like... The late nineties. Okay, yeah. and and look, that's what I'm saying. Boondocks. And how did Boondocks work? People still could go up, and if Boondocks came out with another season, people would watch it in a people, heartbeat. People would watch it in a heartbeat. Not a family okay, so right there because the last season of Boondocks was terrible. But that's that's the director. It wasn't thing. awful. It, it wasn't was, awful. No, it, was, it was terrible. It was nothing remotely as good as the. But it has. <laughs> but that's a more director thing. It's not the theme of what it was. It was still always the same. It was just more of a, a different vision of where. Where it was going, but it was still the Boondocks. 
it wasn't like it was a spin-off or it was still the boondocks yeah. and it still works whoa so you're gonna notice a bit of a cut there because uh we had a little technical issue while we were we were doing the recording we picked it up just in time so we didn't lose about like three hours worth of content yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're back the show must go on all right um we were talking about boondocks but let's just jump ahead since we said so much and well screw it we're not gonna <laughs> double back <laughs> you want to jump into the super bowl yeah, or do you want to talk about uh quincy jones spilling that tea let's <laughs> just give a quick shout out to the eagles who congratulations you guys won super bowl um first time philly got their first super bowl um and uh yeah just i saw you guys tore up the city <laughs> you know, on the podcast, I did say uh, if you're a betting man, you got to go for the Patriots. So I got to I gotta stick with the fact that I, I mispicked. But you know what? I'm happy for Philly, man. You got your first one. Well, that makes Tom Brady's 0-3 against the NFC East teams in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Can't beat the NFC well, East. He's 1-4. He's 1-3, one and four. One, one and three, sorry. Because he beat the Eagles. Oh, yeah, before. you're right. He did beat the Eagles. Oh, oh my bad. I forgot yeah. that one. He's already beat the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I'm just happy that Brady didn't get another ring. That's that's real. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, like, I look at it like this. Like, his legacy is already solidified, man. You've gone to eight Super Bowls. You've won five. I mean, like, nobody could take that away from you, no matter what people want to say. You know, like, at the end of the day, you fucking did that shit. But for the Eagles, it's like, yeah, Philly's been starving, man. And they deserved it, man. Unfortunately, they, played, they, they, played beast, man. they, they acted beast. like a hurricane ran through their fucking city, even though it was just their own people being fucking insane. But, yeah, man, I mean, celebrate and enjoy. We got one of the greatest, like, Super Bowl pressers from uh, Jason Kelce when he took the podium during the parade and basically just started calling out all the critics and all the experts who, who were basically doubting them. And, like, he had a few people that he called out by name, but then... He was calling out all his teammates and saying exactly what they had said about them and basically showing, hey, we're champions now so they can all go fuck themselves, which, you know, I respected that just as, like, a competitive person. I feel like that's something I would do myself if I was, like, up there at the podium after everyone was, like, shitting on my team. I'd fucking do that shit. Yep, yep. All right, we'll, we'll do it light. We'll, we won't get into, like, a deep dive because it's such a big article, but essentially, Quincy Jones, 85 years old, has a great interview with Vulture, or on Vulture, with uh, David Marchese. I hope I'm saying that name right. Where essentially he just, he starts spilling tea on everything. You know, like, he, he's letting it all out. You know, like, Quincy has this, like, vast wealth of knowledge of, of music. And, and David Marchese as well, he's, like, known for, like, being, like, a music historian. So, like, you're putting the two of them together. And they... Like, Quincy Jones gets into, like, this comfortable state of just basically telling the secrets that he's, he knows. He's old now. He can tell the truth. Hey, man. 85 <laughs> years old. What do you have left to lose, right? That's it. He's old. He and and I know, truth. like, a lot of people were, like, freaking out about because in this interview, like, a lot of the people he's speaking on are, are dead people, you know? Like, he speaks on Michael Jackson. He speaks on Marlon Brando. He speaks on, you know, uh, some of the members of the Beatles. And, and basically, it just goes in, diving in deep about how, you know, like, he's... At one point, he talks about how, like, Michael stole a lot of music but in doing so it helped like like raise his craft yeah you know at which i mean in today's climate of music too like damn near everything is stolen you know like you can attribute anything you hear to like something else that's already been done you know it's essentially hard to just come out with something that's completely original and brand new but you know like some of the biggest things that came out of it was like when he he was talking about marlon brando and saying essentially how he 
would fuck anything and everyone. Like, didn't matter, male or female. That was pretty evident. Everybody knew that comment a long time ago. Yeah, which, but it was just like for look at him. for him to like could have been a contender for him to like self. confirm it. But then on top of saying how like him and Richard Pryor used to fuck, or at least like bop each other off. Of course, him and <laughs> which him and Paul him and Paul Mooney used to. Which do that I shit. I believe it just for the simple fact of like, you know, watching Richard Pryor's comedy, like he he would like throw in a lot of like comments of how like being on cocaine makes you do a lot of shit. <laughs> so that shit is like fuck anything <laughs> like you know I've sucked a, a, a couple days but I'm not gay you know like that's in his comedy so just like yeah I believe it <laughs> and like people like having like this huge like freak out about it you know, like, I don't know. Did, did he go on, on on Elvis did he say anything about Elvis because I have a lot of shit uh, I don't remember if he didn't say anything about Elvis I, know I don't remember if he if he did because Elvis was a hack they didn't, it, that I don't think it came up in the conversation because like especially like, when he made that like comments about Marlon Brando and then like the guy like David was essentially like uh what like what did you just say and he he literally just like switches the topic to like do you like Brazilian music <laughs> so it's like essentially being like I said what I said let's move on <laughs> um, oh, it's crazy it's just like a crazy interview and like for anybody like everybody listening I recommend you read it just because not necessarily for like all the tea that gets spilled because even at one point he talks about how like he's known Trump for a long time and how like Trump is essentially like an unintelligent dickhead and the only reason that comes up is because he also talks about how he used to date Ivanka <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is like insane and like yeah and because there was a point where they were talking about like his day in life and he was saying like he would never date anyone his own age like why the fuck would he do that and like he's known for like having like multiple girlfriends that are like all at the very least like 30 years younger than he is <laughs> so it's Quincy Jones, man. Dude, it's a crazy, insightful interview. Like you're gonna get like a lot of great musical stories where he's just like telling you about like the business and like the business as he knows it and as he navigated it. But then on top of that, like you're just getting, as I said, like tea that's getting thrown across the room. <laughs> it's like you if you thought it was scolding hot, now it's in your face. Like <laughs> it's really an intense, great interview on Vulture. And yeah, I I did like one quick breeze through of it just because so many people were talking about it and like just wanting to like embrace the insanity of myself of it all. And yeah, it's well, so worth it. We have a music expert here. What do you think about Quincy Jones from what you know of him and everything? I always looked at him as a legend. I don't know how uh, you can. <laughs> you, you just can't. It's like looking and telling me that Michael Jackson sucks. That, that don't make no sense. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and one thing that like he makes mention, like one of the reasons why he doesn't like a lot of today's artists, it's not because of the music they make, but it's simply because they're not students of the game. Where it's like a lot of the artists back in the day, it's like they, no matter how good they were, they studied their craft. You know, like they were always trying to improve. Like there were certain cores that they could do well, but they wanted to find ways to do it even better and incorporate it to other like techniques that they could do in their music. You know, like he, uh, another point in the article, he talks about how there was a jam session that was happening that Jimi Hendrix was supposed to be a part of. And then when Jimmy heard about some of the names that were going to be there, he actually didn't want to show up because he was like, he didn't feel like he was up to par with the people that were going to be in this jam session, which is like insane because we look at Jimi Hendrix as like one of the greatest guitarists to ever pick up one. And for him to be hesitant to step into a room with some people, like that's insane. Actually, it's not. 
Well, I mean, insane in the sense from like for us on like the outside, you know. Well, if we would have always have been that way, we would have never got the news that we have today. Oh, you know, like everyone was like, "Oh my God, the superstar! Let me just hop on that," and then that's yeah. how their career gets kickstarted. Uh, it's, I beg to differ. Like, I would expect that from back in the day because the artists that were coming up in the between like the to the fifties until like the the mid nineties, and I'm saying mid nineties very lightly, are the artists who actually weren't bandwagoners. They really. Loved the craft. They loved the music. Yeah. They did it for for pure pleasure and soul. Don't get that anymore. Yeah. All we get now is bad and bougie. Well, as Quincy Jones said, <laughs> once money, <laughs> once you do it for the money, God leaves the room. You know, and, and it's just that understanding of how like musicians, like real like bare bones musicians, will pick up their instrument in the morning and won't put it down till they're going to bed at night. You know? Well, yeah. When we talk about like. Pop artists usually aren't musicians. They're good vocalists. No, not. But not, but not, huh? Some of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them. Some of them. Not all of them. Like Christina Aguilera. Pop her artists. Vocals are I'll tell you what. Pop artists. Chain. Yeah. Off chain. But understand, Christina Aguilera, too, like, <laughs> she falls into, like, that category with, like, the Mariah Carey's and, and the women who essentially are songstress. That's right. You know, like their their power, their instrument is their voice, That's you know? It. And for them coming up, it was about learning to be entertainers. A lot of pop artists, they're manufactured entertainers. The music is essentially secondary because what they are is a brand to be marketed and to just pump out the hit record every couple months. So that the brand keeps going and keeps making money. That's what that's what these new mumbo rappers are, but they don't even last that long. They just last maybe a mixtape, and that's it. They're gone. But it's a good point you're making here, simply because the fact that as a DJ and I grew up on every possible style of music, I cannot think of a track that we bang to when growing up that we still don't bang out to today. Like oh, cool. whether it's like hip hop or if it's like Euro dance or alternative, yeah. like you can start some throwing out some offspring right now, and I bet you all three of us black people in this oh, room know every damn Dude, track off of to this day. You know what I mean? If I hear "Feels Like Teen Spirit," I'm I'm gonna yeah, jam out. Like exactly. I'm gonna mosh. Absolutely, <laughs> it's I just it is what it is. Like I don't care where I am. It's like yeah, let's let's headbang. And, and let's jump in a mosh pit and, like, enjoy this shit. Like, Nirvana did that fucking shit, exactly. you know? Basket case, Green Day. Yo, exactly, like, you know? Like, the tracks back in the day, like, it, it, it wasn't about, okay, this is black music, or if it was white music, it was music. Bottom exactly. line. Linkin Park now, was the greatest group of oh, all time. One of the well, best rock groups. Okay, well, they're a band. That, that was probably, I think, the Collision Course album with Jay-Z happens to be one of my all-time favorite album. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, that album's so fucking phenomenal. All-time. So fucking phenomenal. And, and I mean, like, we need that again. Like, not necessarily from, like, them, but just, like, in general, we need that, like, no one joining together sounds. No but you won't, you won't get that anymore. You won't, you won't, it's not no. like you won't put in the work. If you ever have the chance, go on YouTube and look up um, the Rick Ross Challenge. I encourage everybody to watch the, the Rick, Rick Ross, Ross Challenge. Challenge. I'm going to get too deep into it, but in a nutshell, it tells you exactly what and who owns the music industry and what their goal is to do and how it's happening. And it's legitimate. It is factual numbers, and it's very eye-opening. I was mind blown when this was brought to my attention. 
The Rick Ross Challenge. The Rick Ross Challenge. I'll check it out. I'll check it out to see what it is. Everyone, check that out. Let me uh, Let us bookmark know what you it think. now so I don't forget. <laughs> Let us know what you think. But yeah, because, I mean, like, staying on, like, this idea of, like, the music industry and, like, real, not necessarily real music versus fake, but just, like, lasting music versus, like, the pop factory-style music. Like, one of my favorite things to do is, like, go on YouTube and watch NPR tiny desk like videos where it's like artists are just like in that like small room they have like maybe four or five people with instruments a couple backup singers and they just Jam sing, sing a couple of their hits you know like thundercat has one of my favorite ones because that dude is just a beast on the bass guitar and like his songs i feel are just like they're so groovy they're so chill like they they have like a a modern funk slash like techno feel to it which is like such a weird wave, like it's a weird wave, but it when you hear it, you're just like, this is phenomenal, you know? Like he has a really good one, and also Tyler, the creator, who's someone you wouldn't think, you put him in a room with like a couple of vocalists and just let him jam out and it's gonna be great, but it's fucking phenomenal. But it's these type of styles where it's like, you have a few new guys out there that are still making music that almost feels timeless. It's just a matter of like going out of your way to find it and not getting sucked into like that pop factory where it's just, you know, if it doesn't pop up in your top 40, you're not going to listen to it type of shit. If you're an old school cat or uses the old, the old, that, uh, the old school funky flavor from the 90s, y'all need to check out Katronada. Yeah, 100%. A lot of people don't know about Katronada. one of my I, some, favorites a very today. good friend of mine. Shout out, Mike. Um, one of my favorites today, man. That brought me on to Katronada. I will bump that till I die. Yeah, 99.9% is probably... Yeah, in, in the last, I'll say, 10 years, favorite album? By far. Bang it. I, I could put it on right now and listen to it front to back, and it will feel like the first time I listen to it. But that's the thing. The, the artists that come out now, uh, you guys will agree with me. There was albums back in the day that when you, you saved your money. Yeah. And you went on, you bought that album. But when you bought that album, you would play that back to back to oh, back. Yeah. Purple Haze. Shelf camera. Dude, uh, shelf camera life for music. Super duper fly. And, and at the same mm-hmm. time, too, it's like because we weren't getting something new literally every day. The shelf life for music had to be high. Like you, you had to give me an album that I knew I could bump for at least two months. You know, like two I remember, months? Oh, I remember at least, the, 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 but I'm saying like at the very least before like the next big artist that you like put something out. Cause dude, I, I could still tell you the very first time I listened to Wu-Tang forever, double CDLP. <laughs> I, I know it like to a T. It was in this fucking house when I was like a fucking kid. Like my uncle used to live in here and he bought it. And like he used to let me sneak and listen to hip hop, even though I wasn't supposed to. And he like he put me on Wu-Tang. And I just remember listening to that fucking this, like the walking going. And I was just like laying down beside my bed, not even on the bed because I was hiding <laughs> and just bumping Wu-Tang and hearing Triumph for the first time. Mm-hmm. And just remember just bobbing my head, listening to that shit over oh, and, and over and over and, over, and just thinking, like, this is the greatest feeling in the world. Jay, what would you say was one of your favorite albums of all time? Um, Not I, necessarily hip-hop, of all time. Of all time? <sighs> well, it was one of the first out, like CDs I actually ever, in my whole life, remember buying. I think it would be Puff Daddy and the Family. 
That's a great album. The, that's a good pick. Um, I had Mace. I don't like Mace as much anymore because I well Betha. I don't call him Mace anymore. I call him Betha. <laughs> he he is such but a Cameron <laughs> Stan that he inherits his beefs, which but, I don't get. <laughs> I but, still don't even know that story, but but yeah. <laughs> Puff Daddy and the Family and, and Purple Haze. The reason I like Purple Haze is because it sounds old school, but it has that dip set flavor, like that that at the time that new oh, school kind of flavor album, that Dipset had at the that's time. That's a great album. That that's one of the uh, that's one of my uh, my favorite albums. But Puff Daddy and the Family was oh my goodness. I don't know if I can call a favorite album all time. I can think probably like I'll have to say Lost Boys. Fuck. Lost Boys. When Dude, Lost Boys a, came out, I swear call. to God, my mother would beat me senseless because that was the that's when I said, "Okay, I need to be a Lost Boy." I went and got the pants, dropped below my ass, and my mama was not having that. But I had to. That album is what rocked my life in hip hop. But if it had to be any other album outside the hip hop um, world, I would probably have to say. Either System of a Down Toxicity. That's a oh fuck, that's so good. Or, <laughs> that's or so good. Smash by Osprey. Those have to be my God three top. Damn. Outside of hip hop for me, um, I would really have to think. Outside, I know. Like, there's so much music <laughs> running through my head right now. Like, it's insane. Because, like, okay, for hip hop, I would have to go with two. Like, obviously Wu Tang Forever. Yes. Uh, that that's definitely. I would say like, Thirty Six Chambers first. Thirty Six Chambers has to come before Wu Tang Forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> 36 Chambers back to back. It could be 1A and 1B as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, really, like, you saying that, I'm not like, no, you're wrong. Like, I, I completely agree. But it's just, it's the feel I had. Because I, I, I always attribute everything to, like, the feeling, you know? And, like, what, what do you want to listen to at that particular moment? Yeah, and but not only that, but, like, how I remember it and just, like, what it represented in that moment of, like, me hearing it the first time. Like I said, like, I was sneaking off listening to this album when I wasn't supposed to be and like just having it just be such a thing that stuck with me. But another album that oh. is a front to back, doesn't matter what mood I'm in, doesn't matter where I am, Black on Both Sides by Most Def. That album, I... doesn't matter what time of the year, where I am, what time it is, I can literally listen to that front to back and it's just the shit. It's not hip hop, it's more R&B-ish. And it's not really an art, an one artist per se. It's a compilation, but it's one of the greatest compilation album of all time. The Boomerang, the Boomerang soundtrack. Yes, the Boomerang yes. soundtrack yes. is one of the <laughs> best things I've ever heard in my. That was pure New Jack. I'm like, if anyone knows me, New Jack Swing is my. Oh my goodness, crazy! And when that new track with um, Bruno Mars and Cardi B came out, finesse. That's pure New Jack right there. Well, that's pure New Jack. Trying to think. I gotta admit though that that was an awesome that's an awesome album, but uh, I but but before we go to the next topic, I have to say it's probably the most memorable album of all times for me. I don't mean like it's the greatest album, mm. but it, it, if I was upset, when I was happy, if I needed just to be grounded, I think the album uh, for me, for, uh, even to this day, I still jam to it. Was Craig David. Yeah, he had a Craig great David one. was really Craig nice. Craig David's man. album when it came I'm gonna, out, the, like I'm going to pick for my out of hip hop. It would have to be Metallica "Ride the Lightning." Ah, uh, that's a little much for me. Yeah, I, it's a little much for me. But for I, I no, get it. I get it's where you're for going. Me. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't your pick, going. guys. I get where you're going. I get but yeah, like going. my out of it, like that's one of those albums where I, 
in high school when I was really like testing the waters of different genres, like one of my best friends, Epi, shout out to him. Like he introduced me to Metallica and like between And Justice for All and Ride the Lightning, like I would go back and forth between those two Metallica albums all the time, just like like for sports or like working out and shit like that. It's just like to give you that like adrenaline rush in music form. It's like you put that on and I'm literally going to smash a table over somebody's back and then fucking, like, run, like, for three kilometers or some shit. You know? Okay, man, between me and you, man, I, I got to get the mic drop. I got to get the mic drop, man. Rage against the machine. Rage. Oh, yeah. Rage, rage. You cannot get a more of a hype oh, album yeah. than that. You go to the gym, you put that on, I'm telling you, you're doing, like, twice rage the amount of weight you actually ever do. Rage is the shit. I was never big Boss a rock fan status. or anything, so I can't rage Boss you fucking status right there. Any rock albums or anything like that. No, 100%. Like, I'll get... Like, outside of, like, Gorilla Radio, which was, like, the, one of the biggest ones, you had, like, Killing in the Name, like, a Fistful of a fistful of Bullets, I believe was the title of that one, that song. Dude, like, fucking crazy shit. And, like, given, like, all the shit that happened recently with, like, Ferguson and all that shit, yeah. their music talked about all that all shit. All that shit. All right, this is, I found the track outside of hip-hop and all that stuff. Interstellar 555 by Daft Punk. <laughs> that, whole, that whole animated thing they did... I love Daft Punk is one of their pioneers in music. When it comes to music sound, originality, they did the whole Tron soundtrack. I was like, wow, these dudes are amazing. They're, and the, that whole soundtrack went like, one more time and everything like that. The whole series, probably because I'm an anime fan, because I saw I was watching the anime, how they're doing it, and listening to the music. They're just amazing. Mind blown for that. That's no, I love Daft Punk, man. I like I like the electric scene a lot, though. So I've actually I actually listen to a lot more deep house electro yeah. electro house now more than to any other hip hop because uh, as a DJ, like I, I know I'm gonna get hated on for saying this, but yeah, I'm supposed to play for the people, but I'm not gonna sell my soul either. No, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a couple like honestly, if it will, and that's one like one reason why like K Trinata, you get that beat. And you can just bang up to that beat. You know how yeah. good Bad and Bougie would be if they weren't singing Bad and Bougie? <laughs> just listening to the beat. Just listen to the beat. That's Look, what I'm saying. Panda. Panda was an insane beat. <laughs> the, the best beat I've heard today in rap is um, from the um, the freshman. Uh, uh, Sunny Digital did the beat. You know the freshman with XX Tentacion, whatever her name is? Yeah. And Ugly God, that, that, that cypher they did? That was the best beats, and they all every single one of those rappers messed it up. <laughs> every single one of those rappers messed it up, but it was the best beat in hip hop I've ever heard, and every single one of them messed it up. All right, but just just end the music thing you real quick because we could be on this for another yeah, hour. Yeah. Just end it real quick. I want because since you're a DJ and you hear a lot, you know a lot of artists, a lot of DJs and stuff. What do you think about the Montreal artists, rapper scene and DJ scene? What do you think? In personally, what what's your take? Isn't that it, Say whatever you want. It's on your mind. Just don't, you know, I don't want you to get hated on by people or anything like that. I've never been a, uh, I'm not even going to turn around and say like, yo, I'm a hip hop, I'm a hip hop head or whatever the case is. Anyone who knows me, I'm more of an R&B laid back type of dude. You know, I'll bust It's a better heavy. vibe, bro. It's a better vibe. So <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and try and comment on something that I'm not familiar with. Uh, in terms of the DJ scene, um, I'm not mad at any DJ out there. You know, do you? We all we all had our ups and downs in this industry. Mm-hmm. But I'm more mad at the club scene. Mm-hmm. I'm more mad at the clubs than anything else. That's that's one question I want to ask you. Because every time I go to, like, not every time I go, I haven't been to the club in a while, but every time I've gone to a club, 
The only tracks I keep hearing over and over are Jay-Z's I'm a Hustler, Niggas in Paris. It's all these same recycle things I've heard 10 years. I'm a Hustler, baby. How old is that song? It's a banging track. Shout out to Cassidy. No, but... <laughs> no, but, like, from... Not, not not Cassidy's version. Like, I'm a Hustler, baby. I just want... The Jay-Z oh, version. Oh, you that mean uh, Give It To Me by give, Pharrell yes, and Jay-Z. Okay. Pharrell. Why do I keep hearing okay. that? Over oh. ten years now, and it, every club is the same thing. Let's put this into context, and though. Every club is the same thing. Jason's a bit of a Jay Z hater. No, no, it has nothing. So we, gotta, we gotta put <laughs> this has... in the context. Okay, okay uh, we gotta put uh, this in the context. And, and this is strictly <laughs> and solely my opinion. But it's also Nirvana. Smell like Teen Spirit. They play that too. It's a, whole it's a great of, song. But it, it is. It is. But timeless song. Yeah, but you have to move past it to a certain point. <laughs> okay, how do you move past? Okay, how do you get to something? You that's can't not move existed? past timeless. You exactly. You can't. It's not even about being timeless. I, name me ten songs right now that came out in the fast in the past five years that have been bona fide club bangers. I can't. I can't tell you that because okay. I haven't been. Uh, name anything from Drake. Huh? No. <laughs> no. 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 Not no, even okay. Drake. no. 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 <laughs> I said club bangers. Other than uh, for free. Oh my bad. But there's a couple of tracks that Drake did that were really good club bangers, but they're not here to stay. Because like, he keeps giving us another Look. one. He doesn't even let his own bangers <laughs> sleep, bro. Let it, let it have some rest. That, that, yeah, I'm telling you, man. Freaking DJ Khaled's going to sue Drake, man. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's. But uh, I, I'm, uh, all I'm going to say on that is you cannot get tracks that are actually classics now like they used to back in the day. Because there's too oh, much I, music coming out at once. But like, you know, I beg to differ. There, back it's oversaturation. The, if you look at the... If, Okay, start off in the year 2004, 2006, okay, when it really started to get banging, where tracks were popping out like crazy. You had Rascals, you had Cameron, you had Mace, you had um, you had Jay-Z, you had, you had Flip Mode. Like, I could start naming one after mm-hmm. the other. But even when they were popping tracks, mm-hmm. there were still the odd track that would stay around for a year or two, right? Yeah. So that being said, those tracks have stayed around for the five, seven, eight years. If you look at now, even the banging tracks don't last more than yeah. max eighteen months. Max, and and at eighteen months you're stretching it long, because like even like, oh, I agree with that too. Like I don't know, just just end this up. Like I I personally think every time I hear, like okay yeah, Jay Z I'm a hustler with Pharrell. Cool, that's everyone likes the song. Cool, but during that time there was a lot of good songs that came out. But it seems like they're only stuck on that p- specific track. And there's one specific club that that does this. I've bleeped let's, them out let's last. Not, let's not, no, not call saying, no I'm names. Not <laughs> I bleeped them out last. Don't it cut took, the check. It took an effort to bleep them out in the last episode. I'm not going to say it for this episode. But it seems like, to me, the club DJs, not you, because I, I've listened to your music, and you don't do clubs, but club DJs who are like residents there, they just play the same tunes over it's and over. It's the same playlist. It's, it's not even, That's they're the not problem. even DJs anymore. It's not even that they're playing it's the same playlist. songs over and over. There's, they have like three playlists. And that's it. No, I'll tell you what it is. over and over and over. What it is, is they're playing it safe. Yeah. And if you go to Toronto, like when I went to San Diego in, was it September? I went and checked out DJ Chaos's birthday bash. And I heard some tracks that would make you bounce off the walls. It made me feel like Dome back in 2002 Dude. <laughs> i am dead serious i can tell you right now in this very city we have an amazing party scene we had an no, amazing, no 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 no, no, no. i'm not t- i'm not talking about Past the clubs tense. i'm not talking about the clubs am I. i'm talking about like the underground rave scene that's here in montreal 
It is banging as Absolutely. fuck. Absolutely, but it's but underground. You, it's, un, but it's not only that. I'm the, not saying it's thank bad. God. I'm not saying the it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> the electronic scene in Montreal is like no other worldwide, hands yeah. down, except for Ibiza. Except for Ibiza's his own Ibiza, fucking monster. It's, it's, it's like the 800-pound Ibiza in Germany, but like, in terms <laughs> of, I'm not even going to call it pop. I'm going to call it commercial because it's not pop. Yeah. Like It's it, commercial, yeah. It's commercial. Um, we used to have people come from all four corners of the world to party in Montreal. Yeah. We used to throw mm-hmm. down big. The clubs, like the regular clubs, were the spot to go and hear shit you never heard I, before. I've had people comment to me, like, you know what, Alan, you should actually try and do something back in the club scene because you know you're able to. But I don't think I can. And the reason why is I'm, I'm an old, I have, I have old school mentality where the DJ's a DJ and a promoter's a promoter. You pay your DJ a respectable amount of price to do a, a respectable job. Yeah. That's it. Bottom line. Stop bottom feeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I would love to name some of the best DJs who mentored me and I have watched growing up who molded me to be like one of the, be the DJ that I am, but I'm not going to because some of them are not in the scene anymore simply for the same reason that I don't want to be in the scene. Yeah. No, I get it. And I get that's it. where I'm leaving it. Yeah. And, and like, like I'm saying, like, because personally, like I still go out every now and then, but majority of times when I do go out, it's because it's part of like that that underground scene that has not been tampered with. And not necessarily that it has been tampered with, but it's because the people who promote these parties and throw these parties get DJs that aren't just looking to get the immediate top 40 rave video that they could post on their Instagram and go. It's like they're they're creating their own music. They're mixing different sounds. They're testing the waters. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But like they're really and and they'll do things on the fly with the crowd. Like if they see the crowd is going to a certain vibe, when they come up to do their set, they keep that vibe going before they even go into their own thing, you know? And that's what DJs used to do. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. It's like when it comes to like the club scene, like I said, it's it's the playlist and then maybe they change four or five songs within that playlist and then they go right back to their old thing because they they're playing it safe essentially, you know? And and I feel like I wish that that the scene that's out here in Montreal, especially like this underground scene that is thriving simply because it's not big, it's within like its small little community circle. I wish that more DJs had the resources. It's all I, I don't even want to say resources, but, but that's just like have the balls to like just step out there and be like, you know what? Let's try this. You know, I like, remember just try it. I remember, <laughs> and there's very few DJs that I know. Um, that are innovative and would step out the box and do something just to be like, whoa, what the hell was that track? Yeah. Yo, that's banging. Mm-hmm. Yo, I gotta, I gotta go to the DJ what it is. You know, I remember back in the day when, like back in the I was one, I, I, I didn't really stick to the, you know, okay, this is top 50 tracks. Like I would throw in some old school tracks. I throw it, and I, I, I was noticeably known to like in the middle of a party where I'm not supposed to just drop some dance off, drop some soca. Just do it. Just, just do it. You see, that, just to see that's what makes you good and makes you different. And yeah. um, be a part of. You know, you just there. You just flip that switch once. Just because, like if I get do sound that and today, switch it back. exactly. <laughs> but that's exactly it. Today, that's what everyone's doing. But they make sure that it's one of the top fifty of that category. Exactly. I would go out and like, oh my god, this dropped yesterday. This is banging. This is gonna get me wild. And I would have to be wild in order for my crowd to be wild. And that's how I always did yeah. my thing. That going down that path now. I remember, I'm gonna show you. You were there. You were there. 
a lot of people are going to laugh who if if most of the crew does listen to this when I say the largest dutty wine train at Main Nightclub. Main Nightclub? <laughs> at Main. Was... That was a club across the street from Orchid above yeah. American Apparel. Yeah. Yo, I got in so much heat for that. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, now I remember. Now I got I remember. in so much heat for that. They never let me spin back in that club again. But it was good. But, yo. Look at, look at your crowd. <laughs> I didn't even care. Like, to me, but that's what pissed me off. It's like, if DJs were allowed to just be fucking DJs and, like, follow the crowd, let the crowd dictate what gets played. No, nope. You can't do that now. Like, you have so many people that are just, like, these owners or this is what we're going to allow. Leave it at that. If the club is banging, it's banging. If it's not, it's not. Like, as long as they meet their, That's their, what I, their monetary bottom line. I went to Omnia in Vegas, okay? That's my up. Like, I, I know we got to wrap it up. we got to wrap it up. No, I know. not wrap it up. No, <laughs> not wrap it up. We're, we're just talking about, like, like, music and stuff. But no, we're, continue, continue. It's in good. Omnia, the I went for Lil John's, but Lil John had a party up there. And... This was by far the most lit party. And I mean, I'm not talking like at 2 a.m. Mm. I mean like 10.30. I'm sweating, taking off layers. <laughs> Drinks are flying. I'm, it felt like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. Shout out to Omnia back in Vegas because I've never seen anything that ridiculous. Even when you went to the small room. Everybody was just jamming out. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so it there's the, the the vibe is still out there. You just gotta create it. And I just don't understand why uh, everybody has to. Well, I'm not saying everybody, but you guys know what I'm trying to say. That we have to stick into a niche where we're not allowed to be creative anymore. Artists mm-hmm. are allowed to be creative, and and now in this day and age, DJs are more and more becoming artists rather than just. Uh, people who actually play tracks. Yeah. So we need to be let uh, let out, of the, uh, let out the box, and be able to be more creative with what we want to do out there, and stop being safe. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel you on that, man. All right. So I want Alan to get this is a this is gonna be something new because I know Alan wanted to get into this with uh, Montreal specific, with uh, what's going on in the city specifically. So. Um, we're just I guess, jumping from one city topic to the next. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But this one, no, this one, uh, Alan said he wanted to talk about. So we're gonna get give him. It's, <sighs> should we put no? Should we put this as a part of a don't? What made what made you mad? Yeah, don't you be mad. Yeah, well, we can make a part of that. We can make a part of it, but I know you want to go. You want to elaborate on it, and we could talk about. it. So go ahead. My mom always told me I should go into politics, and I refuse to. <laughs> I know I'm gonna get locked up for this one. Uh, <laughs> Montrealers, please leave the mayor alone. Straight up, because you let Fat Kader spend <laughs> hundreds of millions of our tax dollars. She did her best by saying, you know what, she's not going to raise the taxes. But when a lot of things that you guys have not actually looked into before, say you guys are not satisfied with her as a mayor in 90 days, are already chastising her. But you let this man spend our money. Like, for real. How are you telling me you guys want to blame the mayor for snow removal? Ain't her fault. She just came in. This budget was done before she was there. You know, she's trying. And you can see she wants the best for the city. I haven't seen a mayor in Montreal, furthermore, in the surrounding boroughs, want more for their city more than she has in a very long time. You know who the only person I can think of who wanted more for, her, more for their city? 
was Rob Ford. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> bastard, yes. Crazy crackhead, but he's still a piece. The cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to say, though, he did what he, he needed did, yeah. to do. And you guys have to stop looking at the person as an individual and start looking at what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then judge off of that. That's all I have to say on it because if I go in, I yo, I'm gonna have my boss. No, you can go in because like right. I've I've always said that. Take when, your time, bro. I've always said <laughs> that when you, especially if you vote, I think federal politics or federal whatever whatever who you vote for prime minister that shit doesn't matter. It's who you do it locally. So who your your borough mayors or any representatives that you have around you, these are the people that could make the immediate difference in your life. These are the ones that okay. Um, say for example I want to run for mayor of NDG people know who I am and something like that people know what I'm about I think I think I could have more effect on what goes on in NDG than what the Prime Minister of Canada could have or do whatever even if he's from Montreal I'm sure he's, his job is only Canada My because at the end of the NDG day it's like from. It, when it comes to the municipality of NDG you being the leader of that municipality, you have direct effect on what happens. And that's why I think people should, they should vote for that more than yeah, they do and, and that's the problem. Like, people, they don't do that. Like, yeah, we pay attention to federal so much, but even then, it's like when it comes to our municipalities, like, people don't really go to town halls. People don't, like, go online and even sign up for, like, the newsletters that they can get for the mm-hmm. municipality. You know, at the very least, pick up, like, the local like those, newspaper that... The newspaper that they that's send out. free. Yeah, they send you know, out like, free. Just to, leave it by to your mail. get a little bit of information of what's going on, you know? And, and, and like, they're, you'll get in the mail when, like, a town hall's, like, meeting's happening or when, like, there's some announcement that's going to be made, mm-hmm. but people just ignore it. And then when it comes down to voting again, it's just a matter of, all right, which party lines do I follow, you know? Do I like what happened here? Yes or no? But it's it's not the whole process. Like, we care about it for, like, that small window from, like, September to November when it's, yeah. like, a big fucking deal. And, I, I, and then when it comes down to, like, all right, now these people are in, let's do some follow-up. Nobody can be found anywhere, you know? I think the thing with Codell, or what you were talking about, Alan, is that um, his arrogance was just off the chart these last two years. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was uh, it was completely off the chart. When you start spending millions of dollars on tree, on metal, on, what is it, stone tree stumps, um, millions of dollars on, I, I still don't understand why, I still don't 375 understand. 375 Montreal. The, the lighting up a stupid bridge. <laughs> I'm not going to knock the bridge, it's, okay? The bridge does it's beautiful. look nice. It, it is it's beautiful, beautiful, but... Is it but it is. Is it, you, is it something that you need? Taxpayer though? dollars. <laughs> That's exactly it. But do you need And, and from somebody in the industry, I strongly believe we could have done it a lot cheaper. <laughs> it's not even cheaper, but is it needed? Look, do you really trying need to, that? There's a lot of things that happen across the world where they light up their bridges, whatever. Yeah. Case. That's and I understand. Fu- I understand that he wanted to do something in the realm of being like the 300, uh, the the anniversary of Montreal. Not only that, that he stuff. wanted to be relevant. Sometimes yeah. you get okay. caught up in the hype too but much. What what really made me understand this man was bad shit crazy, is that this man is the mayor of Montreal, so he had to be living here his whole goddamn life, talking about heated sidewalks. <laughs> For real, think <laughs> think about that. We have a hard time cleaning snow. How do we go clean ice? <laughs> and we're paying to have heated sidewalks. Uh, like I said. I I think, it, well, heated sidewalks could work if it was actually, if the infrastructure of Montreal was actually built for something like that. Or if they, Montreal wanted to invest it itself to do that. But it doesn't do that. Montreal does not do that. 
They just pass on the problems to someone else and someone else and someone else, and that's how it keeps going with Montreal because no one wants to. Th- I think Montreal is a is a city that no one really thinks of what it, it's not a city of people who are leaders and planners. It's just people like say, okay, just do this and figure it out. That's what it is. Too much of that. That's what I think Montreal, the city of Montreal is. I don't believe it's just Montreal. I believe that's politics in general. And in in the one time, and I, and like I said, this is my my personal beliefs. I for the one time that we actually that I think that we actually have a mayor who is trying to make a difference, we should actually give her the respectable chance of more than 90 well, days. And, and I agree with that because of the simple fact that she came into a shit show without knowing how much shit was on the wall. I'll, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her a chance. The only, the only like, <laughs> she was told, yeah, there's some poop on the wall. And then when she turned on the light, realized, no, the no. wall is made of poop. <laughs> the only thing the only thing I'm, I'm probably mad about her is... Well, something had happened recently in the news. Like there was someone who that got hit, that was riding their bike or something, and someone did a legal turn on Mount Royal. So now cars can't go up to the lookout, or yeah, they can't I, go up I, to certain. That I find that's a knee jerk reaction. Okay, you could fix instead of like blocking off complete traffic and making traffic worse in the city than it needs to be. Think about it for a second. Have a good month. See what you can do with the roads. Don't block off access where people want to go up to the yeah, lookout. Yeah, because that stuff. that road. Essentially, it is a way to like defeat some defeat of the economy because yeah, you're thinking of like the time it takes to actually go around, around Mount Royal versus using that road, which not everybody uses, but people for who, most people who need to rush go hour, from like rush hour is pretty heavy, Cote de Neige all the way over to like Saint Laurent, like that's a big gap to be filled, Absolutely. especially if you're doing it on one road. That's the only thing I'm mad about her for. But that, well, I, I agree, I agree with you on that, and I want to see how she's going to address the whole bike issue. Because, as as someone who's athletic, uh, I don't have a problem with people riding bikes. But I do agree that I pay taxes for the roads. I pay extremely high taxes when it comes to my driver's license. Oh to be God. told that I must respect a biker and a biker has no respect for the conditions of the road is very brutal. I yeah. So, just the fact that. Like it's a double whammy what is happening on the on the Mount Royal Hill. Like, okay, if you have, if you want to take that path, fine, take that path. But let us know what you're gonna do for the the people who are paying your taxes. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that because I hate the the idea of we're automatically assuming there's no responsibility towards the biker simply because you're in a car. Where it's, if you're on the road, you have to be responsible. Even walking. as a pedestrian walking. walking, there are signs put in place for a reason. There are cross rocks put in place, even though majority of cars don't respect them for shit there's things put in place to protect pedestrian biker and driver but this is the thing i think montreal let's, let's be real now montreal is not a city built for bikes like my street I, I where i live they put a freaking bike lane and now it's it's limiting the instead of two cars can pass now it's limiting to one one set of cars so you're artificially making traffic worse for a whole bunch of bike lanes and an MDG where there's side streets every two steps you're putting <laughs> bike lanes on main roads like why there are yeah, side streets everywhere people can get around on their bikes everywhere why are you putting more bike lanes in a city that can't they can't handle bike lanes like when they put the bike lane on the Maison now I'm like oh my goodness people are gonna get hit by cars and I- so many people got hit by cars it's unbelievable the only thing I liked about the bike lane on Maisonneuve is in the summertime I like to jog, so it gives me a place to go. 
I don't have to jog on the sidewalk. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I do not believe. Um, I do believe there's a way we can coexist. I do believe. No, one hundred percent. I just, there is. I just think that, and I, and I'm strongly saying it because there's a couple of bikers who I try to give right of way. You know, don't rush them off the road. You stay behind them a respectable distance. But you know, there's enough room for them to move over for you to pass. Uh, I just you know, feel it, like it's come to a point where people on bicycles have to be disciplined with the same scrutiny that people in cars are. Absolutely. Because you make a mistake in a car, that could be life or death. You're on a bike. Majority of people in Montreal, too, don't wear helmets when they ride their bikes. Yeah, because it's not So you make a mistake on your bike, majority of times that will be death or paralysis at the very least, you know? What's the one thing you think you would do when you're on a bike is be vigilant. But I've seen these people when they're riding their bikes, they're like swerving in between cars. They're seeing that the light's red, but they look both ways and just go anyways. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're literally putting yourself in danger. And then on top of that, you're putting the the people driving their cars in danger as well. But the scrutiny only goes towards the person in the car. It makes no sense. I don't know. Like, like let's hope with the new mirror, like you said, these things change. Because she said she's an avid bike rider and stuff like that. So... You as a bike rider and the mayor now Montreal, you would probably be the best person to handle that that situation when it comes to like pedestrians, uh, cyclists, and everything like that. So, like I said, give her a chance. But it's all uh, about accountability at this point, man. Is, uh, all about accountability. Oof. We got to take responsibility for what we do. If you're a biker listening to this, pay a bit more attention to the rules. Respect the rules a bit more, so that way we don't have. Move, so bitch, these, get out the way. These, <laughs> no, I'm not even saying like a move, bitch, get out the way, but just, I mean, like. Common sense. It's it, just it's common even sense. even come to a point now, too, like how many times do you actually see bikers like do the hand signals? I see it quite often. I see I it, I see it, but not but as, not as much should. as you should. Not as much like, as I don't you see it with every single person, which to me, it's like, especially knowing if you're going to be in a place where it's like, let's say you're driving down St. Catherine. Right. And you see a biker on St. Catherine. How many times have you seen them just like swerve along? It's happened so many times to me where it's just like all you have to do is like just do the simple hand signal. Let me know you're stopping or you're going left or right. Like it's not that hard. Look, we have a hard time with drivers using signals. You think they're gonna do it on a bike? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I, I get that, but I'm more saying this for like the person on the bike who doesn't want to die, which I assume is everyone. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know what? There's a lot. There's a lot of issues that were lingering when Kader was there. The bike issue, the money issue, and the other 1,700 uh, pages of issues that we have to take care of that he left lingering for her. Just give her a break. Yeah, Like, seriously. Like, you, like, right now we have to watch the freaking U.S. try not to kill us all. <laughs> and you guys are complaining about the fact that like, you guys don't care that the mayor's not doing what she's supposed to right away. Like, how, what were you guys expecting? Everything takes time. People exactly. don't understand how layover works. They don't understand that when you're coming in, you, you have to take over the last administration's work before you can implement your Off own. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like when you're coming from a negative, you're not going to get a positive in two days, like not even in a month. Like you have to give it time. And like I said, you're taking over for the last administration. So you're picking up where they left off with whatever they left off. And then you have to navigate that into the things you wanted to do so with that understanding yeah you have to give it some time yeah i'll give her time that's it i'll give her a chance yeah me too. I, I i i have a strong belief in it i really do just saying all right 
Let's move on to some happier things. One more week till Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, I just gave myself a boner. (laughs) (laughs) I am so freaking excited, guys. It's going to be a good movie. I don't have much to say. I just wanted to say for the culture. <laughs> it's just it's one week away. I thought February sixteenth. I honestly thought you were gonna talk about Valentine's Day thing, but well, we can talk about Valentine's. No, we can't. Just, no, we can't. No, we can't. Just for like two minutes. Right? Are the missus listening? You will be. <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll just talk. He about has like- a very elaborate dinner planned where there's gonna be wine with some bubbly on ice. Who me? Who are you talking to? I'm talking to Alan. Oh, you know, you know, I'm gonna need his credit card number, right? You know I'm going to need his credit card number. No, 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 my man. You can just DJ one show tonight and you get to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you know, look, it's a good week. It's a good week. You know, I I cut off a couple booze because fuck that shit. I ain't dealing with no Valentine's shit. But you know what I am dealing with? Me, myself, and I at Black Panther having the time of my life, hopefully... Ain't gonna be a loud ass motherfuckers in that bitch. This dude here ruining my time. I thought five thousand for Valentine's Day. The <laughs> thought that's what he wants. Is on the way. <laughs> I'm gonna fold that bitch up nice. <laughs> <laughs> Tuck her away neatly. <laughs> Crazy. Oh man, I'm I'm just I'm so stoked for Black Panther, man. Yeah. And like all the reviews, like usually I don't pay attention to reviews at all. Like if, if something pops up, I just scroll on by. But even with the scrolling on by, it's it's like it's so positive that you have groups coming out being like, oh, we're going to go on Rotten Tomatoes and purposely give it a negative review. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Really? Like, do you really do you really want to point it out? I, I, or do you want to wait to the next podcast after you watch the movie? I was going to let you say it. You know what I'm saying, man? You know, you're the guest. You can say it. You can say it. You know it's because of black. You know, because you know, of all black cats, you know that. It's two, it's two reasons. It's the hoteps. Can't stand the motherfucking hoteps. Yo, they... <laughs> People. Marvel Studios did not make Black Panther for some black community unknown agenda, okay? I hate to break it to you. It is simply a comic book film that goes into the timeline of all the other MCU movies that have been out to date, plus the ones that are going to come in the future. Do not turn this fucking film. Don't turn my nerd fantasies into your fucking think piece, why the black man can do better, why if we put... All our money to the side, we can build the next Wakanda. You know they're gonna do it. They're you, gonna do it. You they did it with Star Wars. Dickheads. They did it with Star Wars. Star Wars is bad though. It's pissing <laughs> me off. Okay? Star Wars was terrible though. As as a faithful nerd, as somebody who who grew up sitting inside reading comic books over and over and over, but still trying to maintain its mint condition, I hate this shit. Just let the movie be what it is. It's a comic book film. That's what it is. It, it exists in the Marvel Universe. Let it be great for what it is. Don't turn it into some, now black people are above and beyond anything, and this is what we can accomplish if the white man didn't take us away. Stop it. Stop it. You sound dumb, okay? You, you're making us look bad. Just let this movie be what it is. Essentially, you could say this is what made me mad this week. Yeah, that's what made me mad. Because I've been anticipating this film since it was announced. As a matter of fact, even before that. 
because I just knew all we needed was the right minds to come together and say, let's get Black Panther out there. And now, and now that since Disney is buying Fox, he's probably going to get married to Storm now. From we're gonna we, have we can finally we'll get the see. stories we deserve. Okay. Well, like Deadpool is what we deserve. Deadpool two will be okay. What, what is going to happen with Deadpool now? Because if it's going to be great, no, no. But if Disney is buying over, they're probably going to keep it rated R still. Yeah, I think Disney's like they better keep that shit rated R. The one, <laughs> the one thing Disney has been doing very well is they they haven't been tampering with the ideas that make sense. DC. They tamper with everything. Well, that's Warner Fox Brothers. It's more Warner fucked Brothers up than everything. Sony, I don't even want to get started with what they did to Spider-Man. But once yeah. Disney bought, like once Disney bought Marvel, like the one thing they did was the ideas that are here, we're gonna let them be. Because I mean, you look at Logan, that movie, for everything that it was was just phenomenal and they just they let it be great yeah but it took it took them how many years it took Fox how many years for it to make a good X that's I wouldn't even say a Wolverine movie an X-Men movie that's that's an X-Men movie I don't care what anyone says it well, is an X-Men well, yeah, movie well yeah technically how it's, long? A, it's an X-Men movie but but understand something technically Wolverine isn't an X-Men but still how long so did it, it take them so it is a Wolverine how movie how long <laughs> did it take them to make a good movie a good but superhero movie it, you're, you're seeing now because of what Disney did for Marvel and, and being like just get the right people to make it and we will give you the money because we know it is guaranteed to make at least 100 million no matter how much we put into it it's gonna rock and look with Deadpool it was more a matter of them just wanting the rating that they knew the script deserved like you can't make a Deadpool movie and it'd be like PG-13 like no one's gonna die it's literally gonna run around with a BB gun the whole time like (laughs) what the fuck it doesn't work so now it's like you're you're seeing what Disney's done, how it's affecting every other approach to the comic book world, you know, and just letting what it should be be as it is. And I'm loving it. and and one of the reasons why I'm so excited for Black Panther is because you have the guy who did Fruitvale Station. He also did Creed. Like he's a phenomenal, phenomenal director. And you're putting him in this in this position where not only is he working with people he's comfortable with, but it's a story that, for him, puts him to that next level. Yeah. And and from, like I said, I don't usually pay attention to reviews, but every review from, like, trusted reviewers say, like, this is what it should be. And this is why it deserves, like, a 100% because it is what it should be. And I cannot I don't know, I'll just I'll just watch the movie for myself. Because people, good, a lot of those good reviewers said Star Wars is good. It was the the bullshit. <laughs> but that's I, I, me. I'm so mixed on Star that's Wars. That's me. <laughs> I just I like the direction they're going with it. I just didn't like a lot of the half-ass plotting that they did. But I mean, whatever. That we went over. What do you think, Alan? We went over that. What do you think about Jedi's flying in space? <laughs> she didn't fly. I, look, she technically I, used the Force to pull herself. Pull herself because we have to the ship, which she wasn't able to move, but she was able to move. And herself. we've never seen her do anything with the Force before. But okay, know, it's, it makes it's sense. It's annoying. It makes I, sense. I, I, have, I I'm not gonna say like I, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. You know, like I'll watch it. You know, I enjoy it. I'm not gonna be like mm. here to criticize it though. That's for sure. Yeah, because I will. I will. Like I, I, I <laughs> go I, in I, on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first one I enjoyed. The second one I found it was too long and it was too much fluff. Are we talking original three or prequel? The, the prequel, the ones that just came out. Yeah, yeah the, you can hate on the prequels as much as you want. Don't worry about it. Okay. Everybody well, I guess the first one, <laughs> the first one I enjoyed. The second one I was just like, 
the hell am I sitting here for for so damn long? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that's what it is. We have Valentine's Day, guys. Do you have a date for Valentine's Day, Jason? No, I don't. Leave me alone with Valentine's Day. Ladies, please send us your numbers. Jason is single and ready to mingle, but he isn't a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do Valentine's Day because I think Valentine's Day are for simps. If you have to pick one day to do something for someone, that means you are either broke Hey, let the broke people rock, bro. What's wrong with you? Hey, you know he was coming hard with that. I don't even know why you even thought otherwise. We we don't discriminate against the brokies. Well, it's not my fault they're broke, man. It's like... If you (laughs) saved it up for one elaborate night of rose petals... What, to get the same thing I get every day, pussy? (laughs) Really? Yo, ladies, honestly, though, pussy ain't a gift. If that's what you're offering, then you need to offer something better. The only time pussy is a gift is when it's pussy I ain't had before. Okay? That's the only time it's a gift. If we so wait, wait, hold on, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you're getting some fresh pussy that you've never met before on Valentine's Day. Fresh pussy ain't getting oh. treated on Valentine's Day. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> 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 we, we, <laughs> we ain't trying to shoot from half court, okay? <laughs> Valentine's Day is for layups. <laughs> hey, Steph Curry, if it was Steph, Steph Curry getting those shots. I ain't Steph Curry, okay? <laughs> Valentine's Howard. Day is for layups. <laughs> Dwight, now, you, now you're the Dwight Howard of Valentine's hey, Day? Hey, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no Dwight Howard. That, that <laughs> bitch-ass motherfucker. Fade on sight any day of the week, Dwight Howard. You know what it is. Yeah, I got to that up because he hates Dwight Howard. I hate yeah. him with a passion. Oh, my but God. But yeah, that, no, man, Valentine's Day, like I said, no, man, It's I think it's for people who are broke and can only afford something for one one day. Look, if you could only do that uh, one man, day, hate, hate, man. I just find it's another day for us to blow stupid amounts of money endlessly. There you go. The same rose that you're gonna buy for See, three dollars is now costing you thirty you each. Doing, yeah. You guys don't do Valentine's Day, right? Now, no, look, there's look, this. As like for Christmas me, I'm single this year, so I will be doing the the single guys Valentine's Day, which will be me making myself or ordering myself a wonderful meal. Absolutely. Getting my favorite bottle of wine, and then either playing video games or watching a movie that I delight. But you know, it, it's it's gonna be a me day. Maybe right. I maybe I go to the spa and treat myself. Well, get a magic. I, I just Petty find bitch. that I, don't I, don't des- no I deserve. I don't want no one touch my feet and my hands. Like. I deserve. Okay, I deserve to be pampered. Cater to me, Beyonce. I just find it's <laughs> <laughs> another, another day that's glorified uh, for a financial gain. Like for me, like. But I we, say look, for couples. Do it right. Not even couples, like, but, man. But why did, Never go couples. to a restaurant on Valentine's Day. But but that's what I mean. Why do you have to wait till Valentine's Day to bring your significant other to No, no, no. I'm not saying... Look, just, if, if you're waiting for Valentine's Day to do these romantic things, you're doing it wrong. I think days like Christmas, Valentine's Day, is a day where you're supposed to stay home and rest. Well, look, look. Don't do nothing. Do everything you want to do. My kids have agreed. Before. My kids who have agreed that last year was the last year of gifts... Like, I have a 13 year old and 11 year old. We no longer do gifts How on Christmas. How did you spend that one? Hold on. We no longer <laughs> do gifts on Christmas. We take the money that we're going to we're going to use for Christmas and put that towards a, the, do a, a family trip in the that's summer. Act, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. You know sense. what I mean? And, they're, and it's like we said, if we want, we can continue doing the traditional, we'll buy you gifts, you guys are going to use it for six months and throw it away, or we can actually turn it into an experience. Same thing on Valentine's Day. I don't believe that I need to go and spend an extra five hundred dollars in food because the fact that it's a Valentine's like screw that. No, 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 no. See, look, even when I was in a relationship, the restaurant thing I think we did like once or twice. That was only because like we got hooked up. Besides that, 
if you're if you want to have like your one-on-one time with your significant other on valentine's day and you want to have like a nice dinner make it together go to the grocery store get all the ingredients you need it's go home work, man no it, it's, it's not a, a, you got no kids <laughs> i'm no i said dude i get the kissing but i'm just saying like for people who are in relationships and want to do something that is romantic creative and isn't your typical valentine shit you know and but i mean like this is things that you should be doing anyways, on a regular like, basis exactly but yeah do it because it's valentine's day like why the fuck not enjoy it if and look you have your kids make your kids a part of it oh that's what i usually do like, I remember one year I took. I, I don't understand and, people who yeah. like want to throw their kids away on Valentine's Day just to be like, no, make incorporate your children with it. Like your children should see love in the family, you know. So it's like, do it with them. Like have them make dinner with you. Like everybody has their thing to do, which is why I'm saying like, look, I'm all about making sure the people that are listening have some good ideas. Like I said, go go to the grocery store. Get your favorite bottle of wine. Get your whatever you want to make, whether it's a That's pasta. too much money already. They can't afford wine. These are broke people we're talking to. No. Look, look. Okay, okay. You know what? Relax. Like, okay, Relax. Jay, for real? For real, Relax. bro? That was for real? Out of line. Out of line. What? That they're broke on Valentine's Day? That no. Was like, wine doesn't cost that much. Dude, what? Like, like a good bottle of wine? I, I am literally like giving you the cheap idea right here because you can literally have everything you need here for like 30 40 bucks top. thank you hey, make yourself and, a that, bag that, of popcorn. and that's if like you're buying like i'm thinking like steaks and you're getting like all the things you need for like 30 40 bucks and you're gonna have like steaks well Dude. i don't know what kind of steaks you eating but the steaks that i order <laughs> no but i'm just saying like cheap but you yeah know? I like it. i'm, I'm I talking it. about the economically sound way of like get getting it. done like you don't have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on a dinner no. you're gonna make at home like no hundreds of dollars listen, is like groceries for if at least you, a week if you go <laughs> if you if if you understand like if other go to mcdonald's and they're not happy with that that means they don't like you because you should be able to give them anything and they'll be happy let with me you. stop you right there if i was brought to mcdonald's i would not be happy <laughs> then, then you yeah. don't like that person because you should be happy with yeah. everything they give you and not just one thing. And that is bullshit. Because you're, that means you're know you're worth something. kings and queens. That means okay? no, there's no worth. Everyone's worth you the deserve. same. Everyone is <laughs> oh, worth the same. Oh, hell no. Don't even go there. You're, you're literally trying to say going to McDonald's and getting meals at McDonald's is equivalent to you and your significant other cooking a meal together. And then sitting you should down be happy it. with whatever you do. Cooking, going to McDonald's, whatever. If you both do it together, that's what counts. It's not what you have. It's what you do together. Okay, guys, it's the experience. Please. That's what it is. It's, it has nothing to do. You, you can guys do are too that at your own dog. risk. You're too materialistic. <laughs> it's, it's the time you spend together and not what you do or what you get. Yeah. It's the time you spend together. I guess So that. you can go to McDonald's. And I would rather spend my time with somebody cooking a meal, having a conversation while we're cooking that meal together, and then we sit down and eat that meal and the conversation keeps going. Because now so you're So what's doing, the difference with McDonald's? It's, it's an intimate But you're comparing... An intimate experience where it's like you and your to significant you it's intimate experience. That's to you. To, to anybody you. with half a brain. No, to you. <laughs> That's your opinion. Because not everyone's thinking the same. Because I'm not thinking the same. What you're thinking? 
It's it's not what you do or what you have or what you buy, what you get. It could be McDonald's. It could be the a $5,000 steak. It's the experience, whatever you do together. And that's what Valentine's Day is. The problem with Valentine's Day is because people don't want to do stuff together anymore. They just wait until that one day to express that. And that's the problem. You're spending too much money on one day when you should be doing the stuff you're doing every day. That way, that's how you build a relationship. You don't do it that one day. You do it all the time. It's consistent effort. You don't put in one effort on one day. You put in effort every day. That's my point. We already covered that. Thanks for catching up. But I didn't catch what up. What I was saying was... But you're not listening. You're not listening. No, I am listening. But what I'm talking about is do the experience that is more lasting. That's what I'm talking about. An experience of you and your significant other cooking a meal together where it's your favorite meal, something that you know you're both going to enjoy. And it's you're doing it in an experience where you're going to look back and be like, yeah, like... You know, what did you guys do for Valentine's Day? It's it's an anecdote in you're itself. You're making that's now you're gloating with other people. You're making a metaphysical no, thing. No, but you I'm don't saying do I don't, something that's lasting. It, it's you're eating the food and it's coming out as shit. It's the same thing with McDonald's. It's not gonna last. You're eating. It's what you do. It's it, if you're doing stuff to get it doesn't Ladies, matter. Ladies, I understand why he's single. <laughs> How long have you been single, Matthew? Happily. Huh? There's a difference. No, there's not a difference. That has nothing to do with We've already had the conversation of me not wanting well, to I am stepping out of this conversation. Hey, I'm just, <laughs> I was just saying, look, Alan was taking notes. I'm just telling you the I truth. I just want to I'm put just that out there. Like that, whatever you do together is what counts. It's not what, you, it's not like, okay, we're no going to get. No one's saying th- that what you do together doesn't count. We're just saying there's better experiences in the to way you do things. To you. To everybody. No, you're not talking for everybody because you're saying it. You don't know what the people are, are hearing. That's what you're saying. Guys at home, to let you. us know what you think. To you. Do you think just going to Mickey D's and having that meal is equivalent to being at home and cooking a f- your favorite meal with your significant other and eating it together? And they're going to say let yes us know. because you're with the person Look, you care about. Hey, you can't speak I, for them, Jason. Let them speak for themselves. I want to hear from the ladies on this one. I don't want to hear about I the men. Really, I really want to really hear, hear from from what the ladies No, I want to hear from both sides, the men and the women. I want to hear from everyone. What do Look, you think is a better or do you think it's an equivalent Look, experience? if you show up at my house, okay, with two pieces of fried chicken, some fries, and some root beer, I'll be happier than a pig and shit. I'm just easy like that. <laughs> like I, I like to be, to be real. I get that, but that's easy. But, but most guys are easy. Like, that. what's the better experience? It's it's not a. What's look, the lasting experience? I'm more of the person. Like, yeah, it's fine, and then to go to a restaurant every now and then. But if I have to look at an experience, think outside the box. Go freaking like skydiving, or ISO, or do do something out of the norm. But even. But that's what I mean. Even that, that's different. That's a lasting experience. It's something that you and your significant other are going to do. And you're going to be like, yo, like, we did this on Valentine's Day. Like, that was fucking dope. And, like, you're looking back. It's like there was effort put in for the both of you. Where, like, you, you planned out something that was fun, exciting, and, like, different from what everybody else is doing. That you're is comparing dope to other fuck. people. That that's the wrong way to look about it. You can't compare your experience with other stuff that other people are doing. That's different. No, you got to do it. You got to stay within your realm. That's what I'm trying to say. We if, get it. If your you, realm is Mickey D's. No, you, you're you're thinking you want to compare and to other people. It's not about other people. It's about the person you're with. That's the whole point I'm trying to say. You're doing it with you guys. It's whatever you do. Don't care what other people used to do because oh they prefer this or that. No, it's the time no, you I'm, spend together. I'm specifically saying what experience I think would be better. Yeah, but it's the time you spend together, not what you do. It's yeah, not what and you I do. would rather spend my time doing things, doing something that's and creative, not spending time with people, creative and fun and, and 
different. But okay, so listen, when was the time you talked about a significant other in this conversation that we've had? You, not once. You didn't think of. You didn't say anything about your significant other at least once in this conversation. You only because I don't have one. But, I'm speaking to the people who have significant others, giving them. But you ideas. haven't said anything about significant other. You talk about only things that they should be doing. That's what. That's my point now. You've only said, oh, they can do this, they can do that. What can they do together? I'm not. I'm, I'm, I literally said cooking together. Like, were you not listening? Not. Not. That's cooking what? But then after you're saying, oh, then we could think think about about that. Compare. We did this. We that. No. It's what did you? What are you guys doing? You're saying conversation, but. What's the conversation about? What I, you, I think you completely mi- are misunderstanding what he was saying. Yeah, I, like you're I, completely I misunderstanding. You know, what I, understand, what saying. I understand what he's saying. It's what does it matter what they're talking about? Like, I don't get why you're bringing that up. All I'm saying is that you sh- people have the expectations that, okay, this has to be this way or it sucks or it has to be that way or it doesn't suck. It's like, no, it just has to be you're spending time together that's what counts because at the end of the day okay you can be rich you can be poor because like you said okay you're cooking a meal together and stuff like that people might not have the money to like go out and buy groceries for expensive meal buy wines all that stuff okay once again I think you're missing what I'm saying because I'm not talking about like the difference in spending time together that's not what I said because what I said is literally you having to spend time together nor am I saying it's a matter of like going out there and spending money I was literally just giving an idea of how you can create an experience that is memorable that's all I'm saying one experience will 100% be more memorable to your that's what I'm saying and I'll say it like this in, in a more positive light you can't say that because you don't know I you, can't say you that. You can't say that. You because don't know all the time the we hear women talk about putting in a little effort, you going and saying, you know what? I got this great idea. How about we go? And like, he said I saw. That's a boom-ass fucking idea. Let's say you're just like, look, I got a surprise for you. Just get in the car. Let's go. You drive all the way to ISO. She sees it and she's like, dude, this is fucking like, what the fuck is this? And you're like, this is what we're doing for Valentine's. Like, we're going to jump on fucking trampolines. We're going to dunk the fucking ball. We're just going to, like, we're going to be fucking kids. Like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, like, leave our stress on the trampolines. And you just have the time of your fucking life. Like, that's fucking dope. Or if you do something as simple as, like, cook a meal together. But during that time that you're cooking, you're, like, you're drinking wine. You're having a conversation. Maybe you're playing, like, your favorite music in the background. And you're making it a time-spent experience. But it's different from the typical, let's go to a restaurant, buy our meal, sit there, spend whatever money, and then walk out. I'm just giving ideas of ways you and your significant other can make that time an experience that's lasting and memorable. So then when you look back, you're like, yeah, on Valentine's Day, this is what we did. You don't need to. That's, but that's my point. The whole my whole larger point is the whole Valentine's Day. You're, you're thinking back too much to that one day instead of that every day. Well, wouldn't you want to think about the day? No, I want to think about every day. Because, like, because you want to have highlights Valentine's, in anything Valentine's Day is not every day. And, okay, yeah, you do something romantic one day. Cool. You look back on it. Cool. It was an experience. But then next day you could have a huge-ass argument. And what looked like was so good yesterday, that's completely in the back of your mind. You gotta. That's why I, I, I said consistency is always yeah, key. I could do something romantic on July 13th. And then on July 14th, we have a huge argument. I, what's the point? But you have to do it every day, but you're putting too much emphasis on that one But here, day. here's the thing. Putting too much effort into something every day 
I'm not saying putting, point, I'm not saying putting too much effort. Regular. <laughs> I'm not saying putting too much effort in it, and every day. It becomes day, regular. But you have to do something consistently. I'm not saying every day you have to do it. Like every day has to be Valentine's. Day. I'm not saying that at all. But you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket for that one day, nope. and expect and expect something but that, great. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying put all your eggs into one basket for that one day. We're literally just acknowledging like this is a day where these things happen. So let's find fun ways for you and your significant other to enjoy it. I just think the, there's nothing wrong. I just with that. think too much of the, of Valentine's Day is just it's centered. And this is why a lot of relationships do fail after Valentine's Day and before Valentine's Day because either you're not planning enough, people have too high expectations, and instead of making an effort on the rest of the day, uh, I'm sorry, people, but Valentine's Day, birthdays, I'm just saying, and funerals are the biggest I've things to break. Ever heard life. of a guy saying, "Oh my God, she didn't do anything for me for Valentine's"? I've never heard a guy say that. Oh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> just saying, you know. No, I'm not bitch, saying that personally. She better. <laughs> okay. I deserve. <laughs> okay. Okay. She gonna learn today. <laughs> oh, you didn't reserve the fucking restaurant, bitch. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just, no I don't, You think I'm you're getting dick tonight? <laughs> you can uh, taste this cold shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm like, I'm more of the mindset that like, you know, everyone has to do their part. Everyone, and if everyone does it consistently. A Valentine's Day is like a, an afterthought. Like, if people are doing this stuff consistently, people will be like, oh, well, oh shit, today's Valentine's Day? Oh, all right. Well, I feel like if you're both on top of your shit and, you know, like, as far as your relationship goes, you... You wouldn't have to worry. Valentine's Day would be date. another day. It's a layup. It, no, I think it would be just another day. Not even a layup. It could feel like just another day if you're on top of your shit. I think it's just another... But that's the thing. That's consistency. Because I promise you, there's no girl out there in a relationship who wants to be the one who's like, my guy did nothing on Valentine's Day. And then they're scrolling on Instagram. That's millennials. That's that's oh, that, no, that's 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 all Jay, women with Instagram. You need to come to 2018, bro. Let me tell it's you not something. Just millennials, let me tell you. There is no woman on earth who is more bitter than the woman who scrolls Instagram after the holiday where she didn't get the shit she wanted. This is not Christmas twice. Just scrolling and seeing her friends, her favorite celebrities, okay, Look. even the men. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> So, just what's the next it. topic? <laughs> just I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling the truth. You, you guys are probably saying that, but... I'm just saying. Nah, uh, look. Too much emphasis planned on one day. That's what I'm telling you. Just too much is on one day. It's a layup. It's not a layup. It's literally a layup. It should be another day. I think it should be another day. It's just quite, another day. Quite honestly, I just think... I we really, would love, truly that think look, about... Look, I would love already. for Christmas to just be another day, but it's not. I don't even remember doing anything on Christmas. I would I love for birthdays and, to I just, just be another day. To be honest, what I do on Christmas is like I hang with my family. That's what I do on Christmas. Yeah. We sit there, we talk, we sit at the kitchen table, or we sit at the living room table, me and my brother will pull the dominoes. And imagine if on Christmas shit. you did not show up. Oh, there's numerous times it's happened. There was always a phone call. So no. Well, no, no, it's not. Look, <laughs> not at all. I, I, I live, we missed you on Christmas. I'll be like, yeah, I was sleeping. I, I, <laughs> look, when you're in the dating world and you're with somebody for X amount of time, you know, you have to figure ways of splitting Christmas up. So, it, it, so like, you know, one year I'll do Christmas with my significant others. Just family. do what I do. Just walk up to the calendar, put a giant X. It's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> like, I had to go Christmas. I had to do quite a few Christmases. Without my kids, it was the hardest shit ever. But it's a fact of life. Yeah, you know, there's no point in trying to dwell on it. Like, you know, it's just another day. 
You know, you can't have every holiday be special. If we did, we'd all be broke. There you go. Well, that's I'm why there's a lot of broke. A lot of money on every holiday. holiday. I'm not saying that either, but you know where I'm going. <laughs> and that's why you know I can going. have a lot of fun <laughs> on a little penny. <laughs> and that's why. That's why I was saying. That's why I said a lot of broke people for Valentine's Day because they do all that stuff. They spend a lot of money on days that should be another day. And they come to Valentine's well, Day, bro. Hey, I man, if you want to drop that tax return, <laughs> I ain't going to stop you. I, 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 can, I can see a lot of shit right now, but... I don't want to get you in trouble. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, shit. The mic is yours. <laughs> no, actually, it is yours. <laughs> so, we'll end this Valentine's Day topic. Uh, people won't get mad at me because they know my stance on this for years, so it's, it's cool. Who's going to get mad at me for this shit? I, I literally said nothing. That's right. I no mean, one. if they get mad, they get mad. That's the name of the podcast. Don't be mad. <laughs> All right, so... See you bring Jason's doorbell tonight. Talk about I need to sleep on his couch. <laughs> They're like, Matthew, I, I love the ideas. You're welcome. <laughs> Watch it. Last week, I was, I'm the voice of reason in the show. I, I didn't say it. It was Akeem that said yeah, it. Yeah, Akeem is not the most reliable person to hey, be calling you the voice of reason. Let me just put that out there. That's what people there. are saying. <laughs> if the streets know right now. Streets talk and it's true. <laughs> one person. <laughs> Don't worry about that one person. Streets right. be small. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you can't compliment him. His head gets way too big. What? <laughs> you give him one compliment he's like, I'm the man. <laughs> Starts walking around like fucking Vince McMahon. <laughs> Chest all puffed out. <laughs> He said it, not me. Oh, I just now I just want to. This is the last thing I want to bring up for for this week's podcast. But um, I'm not sure if you ever saw. You, have you ever saw Cloverfield the movie? Yes, I did. Have you seen the second one? No, I did not. The third one, the one mm. new on Netflix that no. came out. He hasn't seen it. I saw this last Cloverfield movie. A lot of people haven't seen it. It's the most bullshit thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like it, it's Event Horizon and Prometheus. All the bad parts of those movies in one movie. <laughs> and the and I'm not, I'm gonna spoil this for people. I don't care. But the only the way to fix everything in that whole movie was just to turn back on a machine that they turned off. That was the only. It made absolutely like the movie is supposed to be in a paranormal world and all that nonsense, whatever paradox. All they had to do was turn back on a machine, and the whole problem would be solved. And they figured that out in the first thirty minutes of the movie. They had to do that, and they couldn't. And they didn't. They chose not to do it for a certain part of the movie I was like this is J.J. Abrams he can't finish Lost <laughs> messed up Star Trek messed up Star Wars like why do they keep giving him movies and TV shows to, to ruin he even even his own movie Cloverfield the first one I loved the whole handheld camera with the monster and that stuff. was good yes. I loved it but then after he start taking a shit on his whole thing in the second movie there's aliens now and this it's supposed to explain the first movie but it doesn't make any oh god it's just that's I my guess that's rap. what made Jason that would piss me off. <laughs> JJ Abrams, you're a terrible director. You know who Jason reminds me of right now? Movies. You remember Mace's album, The Mad Rapper? <laughs> I remind you of Betha. No, The Mad Rapper. The Mad, the mad rapper. rapper. You remember The Mad Rapper? Who's The Mad Rapper? Let me tell you why, man. Let me tell you why, man. First of all, first of all, don't, don't be, don't be. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Why are you mad, bro? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not that mad, though. Hey, man, take a deep breath, man. It's just that I'm a fan of... I'm just, I was a fan of the first movie. The second movie I liked until the end. And this one was just absolute bullshit. And I don't like wasting my time on something I invest into. And it disappoints no me in the end. Like, this is Hollywood. 
It's true. Speak, and, speaking of movies, uh, word has it that they started recording Bad Boys 3. Rumor mill? Rumors had it that they started that. recording it. I don't want to see that. Bad Boys 2 wasn't that great. Bad Boys 2 was the shit. Yo, Bad Boys 2 was really good. Uh, if they got the same writers on deck for Bad Boys 3, I'm with it. Nah, I did. Because I, I mean, like right now, Will Smith, he's been putting out some of the best Instagram posts in the world. Oh yes. Like, I honestly like every day. I just like check his Instagram. While I'll rewatch old videos. Like the one where he's talking about fault. Dude, I love that. Like, like that. He oh, is man. a true inspiration. Yeah, he is. Or he like remade. He, he remade his son's video. That was epic. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was great. That was oh, absolutely great. I love that. Yo, because number one, I love that song. Icon is such a like that beat, the one that's with the fucking not him. But no, yo, Jaden Smith did his thing on that fucking track. Don't don't even hate. Yo, why you hate on Jaden Smith, man? I'm not hating on Jaden Smith. I think he's a better actor than he is a writer, uh, a rapper. And, nah, man, I, and his I, acting is not that great. So that nah, lets I you know what I think album, about it. Man, you're crazy. I love his <sighs> last album. He put out a dope ass fucking album, man. I know. Well, Will Smith, man, please just just keep keep doing what you do. We'll man. see for Bad Boys. We'll Inspiration. See Let's hope it's good. Let's hope it's good. It will be. It will be. It will be. Let's hope it's good. All right. So they're two for two, man. Like, go for three. Make it the trilogy and end it. You know. Exactly. Go with a bang. Yeah. They need to be. <laughs> need to have Blue Streak too. That's what they need to do, Martin. Remember Blue Streak too. That'd be dope. That would be dope. First. That would be fucking dope. All right. Let's let's end up this uh, yeah. this podcast. So. Thank you, Alan, for uh, thank coming you guys through. for having me. You got any uh any announcements? Uh, yeah. Tell us where they can reach you. Everything like that. Honestly, you can hit me up on uh, on the IG at DJ Nemesis 007, or you can find me at Alan DJ Nemesis Drakes uh, on Facebook. Nice, nice, nice. I've been I've been laying low lately. Like <laughs> it's winter, man. Everybody's laying low. Nah, I just been overworked, bro. Like seriously, I've been <laughs> overworked. Nah, man, is it, like you're doing your thing. That's good, man. Just uh, keep on your grind and you know make that money as best you can. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Work as much as you can. Anything you want to promote, Matthew? For this week or anything you have coming up, what are you doing this week? Promote. What are you no. doing this week? It's winter, so it's like it's stay inside, man. You know, like I said, the only thing I'm looking forward to is Black Panther. That's Black it. Black Panther, that's it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I'm just gonna go like to the gym and, and just. Well, that's all I'm doing right now is really much hitting the gym training because yeah. this is. I I had the brilliant idea to join my crew and do the Spartan race this Victoria weekend. So nice. nice. Do it's, it. It's it's do it. I, you know, I just wanted to be able to say I did it. Do it. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to pussy out either. I'm going to be like, yes, I'm <laughs> dying on this field, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, r- well, running and all those kind of stuff was never my kind of thing. Cardio, big, heavy cardio stuff was never my kind of thing. I just, you know, just more of the weights kind of stuff. But people seem to like it. All that color run and the Spartan challenge, all that nonsense that people like to do. Well, it's cool. Um, if you can get a good challenge out of it, I don't know how much. How much K are you doing? Five K. Five K. Five K. Okay, yeah. So it's not too too long or anything like that. I don't know what obstacles you have to go through, but but that's uh, exactly it. Like for it's me, the obstacles that get you. It's like I'm <laughs> training heavily on upper just to be like, okay, you know what? It's just something you want to. It's like a something you want to cross bucket off the bucket list. list. Yeah. Exactly. Legit, man. No, go for Have fun. I I'm sure you have fun. <clears> like, y'all gonna have to carry me home though. Like, I can't drive back. Call this guy. <laughs> Where is the Spartan race happening? Tremblant. Yeah, that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> Take that's an ambulance way home. Way too far. <laughs> it's like forty-five minutes away. That's too no. far. It's an hour and a half, bro. Oh, it's a, oh, it's beyond. Tremblant. Oh, beyond. it's not so okay. far. So far is an hour from here. Yeah. It's Tremblant. It's actually on. The, yeah, it's too far. That's yeah, sure. You got to go up. Far. That's too far. No, no, no. 
But uh, yeah, man, I don't have really much going on, and uh, just uh, you can find me at the same spot, JJ and me on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram, and uh, go on the website. Well, not the website, but the Twitter and Instagram for the uh, podcast. Don't be mad, Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And Matt, tell them your handle and everything. You know, as always, you can find me on Twitter at LeftyLucky underscore. You can also find me on uh, Instagram, but I'm not going to say the name. If you find me, you find me. If you don't, you don't. That's how it works. He doesn't no. want anyone to find him on uh, no, It's just, uh, you know, Instagram's my thing, man. You know, I keep it, keep it chill, you know what I'm saying? You, know, you don't got to be hitting me up on you there. You do know you can put it private, right? What the fuck is the point, then? <laughs> so then why are you like asking? I hate people with private accounts because it's like why are you on here like what what are you doing what, I have what, mine private what pictures do you have that I are have so important that you don't want people to to, you know to me it's like if you don't want people seeing it block those people that's what the block so tell them, your, tell them your Instagram don't worry about my okay, Instagram okay there you go <laughs> if, you, if you can find it then good for you you're good if you can't find it so why you have it hard for people to find it's not hard for people to find okay so I'm just tell, not telling tell them, them what, what it is, is. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at LeftyLucky underscore. And then you can find the podcast, Don't Be Mad Podcast, on Facebook, Don't Be Mad Pod on Instagram, and Don't Be Mad Pod on Twitter. Bong bong. Oh, we have to have you back. I think we're going to have like a group thing and get a whole bunch of people on there. I can think of a couple people you got to get the same room with me. It'll make it that much more interesting. Can you name them? <laughs> Not right now. Not now. I'll tell us after. <laughs> Oscar, son, Oscar. Tell him that. Tell us that. Top five, top five, top five. <laughs> All right, everyone. So thank you for tuning in and be prepared for next week because I think next week we have a, a returning guest. Another and three weeks in a row with yes, guests? Yes, yeah, This one, this is a... I don't know why you think I like people this much. <laughs> <laughs> this person, just a little teaser. This person, you heard him, and I said him, and he said some outlandish things a lot of people didn't agree with. So um, just be prepared because it's going to bring Well, because he was wrong. <gasps> <laughs> That's what people said. No, but uh, just a little tease for next week. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you all next week. Peace. Take it easy, everyone. Peace.